Hey everyone, it's Michael. Before we get started, wanted to remind you all to subscribe, like, and follow at Goalkeeper Podcast on all social medias, including YouTube and Twitch, where fully edited vodcasts are housed with exclusive clips. Remember, the more followers we get, the more we can give back to the goalkeeping community. Let's all keep paying that knowledge forward, and on with the show. Welcome to Inside the 18. I'm Michael Majid, live from Hollywood, California. With me, you know him as Las Vegas Lights goalkeeper coach Omar Zini, Pro GK Academy. And joining us, making his triumphant return after making the jaunt across the pond back to the UK, we have Everton women's goalkeeper coach Ian McCaldin, who's no longer pixelated. So that's a that's a big start for us. We love that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can see uh, me. Uh, hey, that's important, man. That's uh, yeah, that's, that's... <laughs> go ahead. Some people would say it was important, some people wouldn't, you know. Yeah. Well, it's so funny, Ian, because uh, I remember the first time uh, that you came on the show, and it was a few years back, kind of when the, the podcast was starting about and everything. And thank you for taking a chance on us back when the, the show was starting out. But uh, you were uh, at the at the time at the at the Washington uh, offices, and uh, it was literally like the Wi-Fi was going in and out, and then afterwards you tried to send a, send a thing to us to tell us, like, this is actually what I wanted to talk about. Like, I hope all of that came across. Like, how are you going to do this with the editing? And then back then, Omar was doing the editing, so he made a, he was able to do a wonderful job to make it uh, make it work. Right, Omar? Yes, yes. Well, luckily, he's, he's working with better Wi-Fi these days, so we're definitely happy to have you back in better circumstances. Well, it's a joy to be back, guys. And, uh, you know, I think it has been... I think it was two years ago, wasn't it? Was it two years ago? A year and a half, I think. Yeah, been, yeah. You know, uh, so, COVID, this COVID time, I mean. Ah, man, I, think, I think COVID is just, crazy. it's kind of put, uh, I don't know, it's like we've been on a time warp, isn't it? We don't know what, it's, you know, what, what century we're in anymore. So uh, <laughs> but it's but it's, it's great to be back and I'm, I'm, I'm very privileged that you've invited me back. So yeah, the joy. And hopefully the Wi-Fi is going to be great. I've, in my apartment here, it's... Uh, it does look like I'm in the dungeon, in the, the brick walls and the, you know, but uh, <laughs> it is civilized where I'm living. There is Wi-Fi. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I mean, l let's be honest, man. I mean, uh, a lot's happened in the last couple of years. I mean, not just obviously with just the podcast as, as, as it's grown and, and, you know, shout out to all the fans out there, all the insiders, especially over, you know, across the pond in the, in, in the UK and Scotland and, and England and, and Wales and all of that sort of thing. But, um, but with yourself too, I mean, you know, again, you had moved to the United States, you were coaching in NWSL and, uh, and now you've, uh, you've kind of, um, gone full circle and you're kind of back uh, coaching in the WSL with, with Everton. So why don't you kind of catch up some of the insiders here on, on your journey? Yeah. I mean, I spent almost like two years with, uh, NWSL with, uh, Washington spirit coaching some fabulous goalkeepers, uh, Aubrey Bledsoe to name a few, uh, Devin Kerr, uh, Katie Lund, and it, it was magnificent. I I loved my time there, and I, I really I didn't want to leave. To be honest with you, I didn't want to leave. But it was this opportunity come up for Everton, and oh, I mean, there was a lot of things, a lot of things I had to take in consideration. My family and the COVID thing, and it was to be honest with you, it, it broke my heart leaving. It really did. It broke my heart, but it was breaking my heart also because. 
my kids went at school in America and the schools had started back in Scotland because of COVID and all those things. So that was breaking my heart as well. So I was, I was stuck between, you know, a rock and a hard place and um, the Everton job come up and, you know, I took it a lot of consideration and, and it took me a long time to make the decision and obviously the opportunity to come, come back to the UK and be with a huge club like Everton. Um, I mean, that opportunity doesn't come along very often. And so I felt I had to take it. I, I really, you know, one for my, well, I think the first reason was for my family, getting my kids back to the UK. And then the second selfish reason was to, um, you know, my career, as a goalkeeping coach, stepping into to a huge club at Everton and coaching some magnificent goalies uh, with Sandy McIver and um, Tini Corpello, uh, Finnish internationalist. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, honestly, man, I mean, that, that is phenomenal. And obviously, you know, shout out, you know, and, and, you know, with Sandy, obviously, you know, making the Great Britain squad for the Olympics. Uh, yeah. Didn't go the way, obviously, you know, Great Britain wanted it to yeah. go. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, I mean, great, great experience for, for Sandy going out there. Um, she went as as a number three in the the, um, and she stayed. She managed to get into onto the bench. Um, but you know, Sandy's a great goalkeeper. She's she's going to be one of the best in in the UK. Um, she's she's young. She's so young, but she has this drive and desire and this this uh, just this focus to be to be the best. And that that's again. I'll, I, I'll always compare what she was like to Aubrey Bledsoe. Aubrey Bledsoe had the same drive and passion and desire. And here I am in the UK coaching the same type of goalkeeper who who wants to be be the best version of themselves, one as a person and, and two as a goalkeeper. So that goes hand in hand. And, and then for me, it's just it, when you've got goalkeepers like I who want to who evolve and grow, then it makes, makes my job easy. Um, sometimes it's not easy, but, you know, it's... Um, yeah. You, you, you know your, let's say, your words of wisdom is not falling on deaf ears. So Very true, very true. I mean, you know, Omar, obviously, this is something that, you know, uh, when Ian was talking about the fact, you know, having to make these type, types of difficult decisions, you know, coaching-wise and stuff, this is something that you've kind of, I don't want to say battled with, but something that you've had to deal with in the past year when a lot of people have reached out for you uh, for your kind of your first professional gig, and you had to be really you know, kind of meticulous on, on which job interviews you took and which jobs you eventually took. Yeah. I mean, luckily for me, I don't have kids uh, or I'm not, I'm not married either. So I didn't have to, you know, make, make too much of a decision, a tough decision. It was more, more so for me, I have to worry about my family and, you know, my close friends. So luckily this opportunity, you know, presented itself in LA and, and I took it and uh, so far so good. The experience has been amazing, but I think, for any young coaches out there, don't do, don't take my route. I think what you probably end up doing sometimes, as Mike has always told me, is you got to sacrifice sometimes if you're really about it and if you really want to grow. Um, obviously, know your worth and don't go somewhere that you feel the opportunity is not in your best interest. But sometimes you got to take that leap of faith and obviously, you know, weigh out your options and, and the pros and cons and see if, uh, you know, moving across the country or moving to a different part of the world um, is something that's going to help you grow. And we've seen it with Andrew Sparks, for example, you know, young goalkeeper. Mm -hmm. You know, was the Swansea Academy didn't make it there, and then you realize, okay, well, if I'm gonna I'm gonna get into coaching, I should get my licenses. Got him at a young age, and then moved to New York, and then started working in their academy, and then that Red Bull uh, system moved to Austria. Was it Austria, Mike? I, was I believe Austria, right? so. He was Austria. Salzburg. It was a Salzburg. Yep. Maybe he was at yeah. Salzburg. So that you look yeah. up look up Andrew Sparks' story. So again, it's it's those it's a tale of something working out. But again, if you have that drive, you have that passion. 
um, I think again, nothing, nothing in terms of long distance should stop you. I, I completely agree with you, Omar. I think it's something you know you're fall, you're, you're you're kind of following your your inner your inner guide, aren't you? It's something you you, you love doing. Um, and something you touched on there is knowing you knowing you one knowing your value as well. If you if you're a if you're a coach that's got that let's say has got a little bit of experience, you say, okay, well I'm I'm going to take this chance because I know it's going to lead to something bigger. I know it's going to I'm going to evolve as a goalkeeping coach. I'm going to learn and 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 grow. So it's it's something that you do, and I think we're we're, we're all learning. You know, it's, you know, I'm 47 years old. We're constantly learning. I'm always learning about my sessions. I learn about myself. So, um, but it's it's having that little leap of faith as well that you said. No, I mean, I mean, just to to backtrack a little bit. I know Aubrey Blood. So I think Mike and I, Mike put me on like she put he put her on my radar a few years back, and I was like, okay, she's she's pretty legit. And obviously, we watched the NWSL over the weekends, watched some of the highlights. So I always kind of I knew who she was. So for mm-hmm. you, was it just kind of like a like for like when you went to, to Everton now, where you're kind of training the same level of goalkeepers, or do you see like you said, there's certain um, similarities? But yeah, this, the similarities, like I touched on there, was was like the drive and desire. Um, similarly, different styles, different um, different styles and, 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 and techniques and certain things, um, different strengths. So, so I, I don't think it, you, 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 so you accommodate all that. You try and, you try and help them with, the, with, let's say, with the things they need to evolve on. But what you're dealing with is probably what you're, what you're doing is, is managing their personalities as well. So it's probably different different personalities that you that you're coaching and how knowing how to how to tap into them and being you know Aubrey was a completely different personality compared to Sandy's but they had the same drive desire but I, I have to I had to find I could speak to, to, to Aubrey in a certain way and she just got me yeah. and here I am coaching Sandy I know she's from the UK and her, you know she her father's Scottish and, <laughs> and here and here I am I'm, I'm I'm, I'm, how can I say I'm being a little bit more abrasive? I'm being she she, she understands my Scottish tongue a little bit more, so I can be a little bit more abrasive. So again, uh, tapping into her personality and going, yeah, I know I know how to I know what to say in that moment. I know what not to say in that moment. I know when to say, hey, let's go and have a little sit down, or let's go for a walk, or let's let's look at this on the video, or let's let's just nip that in the bud there and then, or you know. Mm-hmm. So it's just. For me, it's, it's it's managing the personalities. Uh, when it comes to, let's see, the technical stuff or, or or game stuff, I think that just naturally evolves. Yeah, you know, and I and I think one of the things about that, Tui, and by the way, I love the fact that you said about the the Scottish. She's like, ah, oh, you know, and she's got so she she gets my Scottish tongue a little bit <laughs> a little bit better than some of the uh, some some of the players. Yeah, in Washington Spit or I I used to say things to Aubrey. She's like. What did you say? What does that mean? But I do have a question about that because uh, obviously, you know, the WSL has been growing by leaps and bounds. Um, and obviously, you know, the opportunity to, to, you know, be involved in a club like Everton, you know, it, it doesn't come along every day. Like you said, um, were there some cultural differences when you came into the WSL that were very different from NWSL that kind of made you go, Oh, I have to maybe maybe change my approach, or 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 how about I, I go running my sessions, or is goalkeeping just goalkeeping? Um, I think goalkeeping is just goalkeeping. I think, like I say, it's just how how I started to have a relationship with Sandy and Tinny Tinny uh, Copello. She was a 
the older goalkeeper that we had, she was 34. So it was how I, I managed their personalities. That was really it. You know, the sessions, my sessions didn't differ much from what I'd done in, uh, in the US with Aubrey. And um, so there were some things, you know, there was something I say, okay, Sandy is what we need to work on. But I, it was definitely, I didn't have to change much. Just, it was just really them getting to know me and getting to know how, how I work and how, um, and, and, and understanding what they wanted as well, because there were certain things they, they were locked into. They already had a goalkeeping coach. So he left you know, halfway through the season. So I, I almost had to, you know, stepping into his shoes was quite, quite, quite difficult, you know. So you can't come charging in like a bull in a china shop saying, hey, this is what we're going to do. It was, a, it was a gentle process of going, okay, this is my mythology. This is how I, I like to work, you know, and it was slowly just fitting little pieces in, but also respecting what they've done before with the other goalkeeping coach. I think, uh, Ian, you bring a really good point. For any young coaches listening out there, I think that's that's huge. I think coming into any new role, I think for me at least, my in college, for example, or you know, I started the channel a few years back. Then I got my first college job, and initially I was like, I'm going to come in. I'm going to make a huge influence on these goalkeepers. I'm going to break down footage like I've never seen before. Just everything that I was accustomed to and, and that I like to do. And like you said, you kind of have to come in there with the idea that, one, it's going to take time. You can't come in there and, and force your opinions, force your techniques on people. You have to accommodate their needs, um, their understanding of the position, and obviously optimize what uh, is expected of them to win games and the system the coach is trying to play. But also, too, what are their strengths, what are their weaknesses, and try to optimize it so that it fits into the team system and obviously for them to be successful. So I think for, for any young coach, it's just about being patient, come in there with ideas, be excited, but at the same time, to get the best out of them you need to drop your ego and ask them what they need versus coming in there yeah. and stepping in yeah. and trying to implement what you do. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And, that, and I think that's, I think that's probably one of my strengths is I, I, I try not to come with my ego. I, I don't, you know, we, of course we all have an ego at some point, but that's something I, I definitely draw. Cause it's not about, it's not about us as, as coaches. It isn't about us. It isn't about, Oh, we've got all this knowledge or I've got all these great, training sessions or you know it's, it's about them it's about how how they're fitting into the session and how they're feeling it and how they're performing in that session so it's <laughs> that's what i like it. it's about them it's their game it's their yeah. they're they're feeling it and they're you know they're involved in it so for me i'm just i'm just there to try and facilitate or trying to be somebody who can maybe you know but let's let, let, let's sharpen this tool up a little bit. Let's see if we can dust this down a little bit. Let's let's take the edge off that. Let you know, almost like a like a carpenter with a with a chisel. You know, let's <laughs> <laughs> let's make yeah. things a, li a little smoother here. You know, so um, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll give you a quick, just talking about coaches and um, we we've we've signed uh, the Icelandic uh, Cecilia, uh, she's Iceland She's 18 year old. She's Icelandic number one, 18 year old. So um, we've signed up. We have to. She's on loan to a Swedish club because she can't come straight to the UK. So I've been in contact with her old goalkeeping coach since she was 12 years old. Right. Wow. So I got his number and I spoke to him, and he's been training us since he was 12 years old. And this guy is incredible. He's just the. the such a humble, humble guy. And he's produced some incredible goalkeepers uh, from Iceland. So I, I wanted to I wanted to make him feel welcome at Everton. I said, you can come at any time. You can come at Everton and, and, 
when Cecilia comes to the club, because I still want you to be part of her journey because you are basically you've you know set the foundations for the for this goalkeeper to, to go on and to be an international goalkeeper for Iceland. So I still want you to be part of that. And I still want to at times tap into your knowledge of her, you know her character, you know, so I still want that. I want to have this relationship with you as well. So you can still be part of, of her um still part of our growth as a pro goalkeeper. I, I love that the fact you said that, Ian, because I mean that's a conversation that we've had, you know, Omar with uh with, with other other coaches out there, whether it's you know discussing it with a, a second team, you know, um goalkeeper coach who uh now one of those players has graduated onto the first team and to try to you know get their feedback and their understanding and everything like that or whether that's a, a collegiate coach i know obviously you know yourself now working in the professional ranks omar like you know talking to some college coaches you know who've worked with different players that maybe are coming through your program or or other usl teams that, you, that you've been chatting with you know how important that is so that you have an a visceral understanding of that person and, and, and not just think like, Oh, well that was that level of their development. Now it's all about me. Yeah. And I think even for example, like Kaylee Collins who went to USC, like I worked with her very, very closely um, in the last two summers and she had her senior year and I think uh, she got drafted or she, she went to Orlando pride. So yeah. obviously Lloyd's a, a good friend of ours, Mike, a mm. friend of mine. And, and he reached out to me and asked me a few questions about her. And again, we were not bonding over it, but just discussing like, Hey, has this been something she's, you know, struggled with in the past? Uh, you know, this was some of her strengths. Has she uh, always been good at this? Like things like that. So it's just, again, finding that common yeah. ground with the old coach. And maybe, like you said, I'm sure there's certain terminology that the, a certain goalkeeper has used in the past that you could easily accommodate her even even quicker and expedite that uh, accommodation by using some yeah. of those uh, terms and, and, I guess, following up on technical things that that goalkeeper already kind of uh, implemented. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. You know, speaking of uh, technical, let's uh, let's get into this topic, guys, because this is this is a great topic, and I think one of the reasons, Ian, that I, I kind of came into this topic is because I was watching, you know, some recent recent uh, footage of of Sandy, and it's something that I feel is is not trained enough at the younger levels. Is that you know we we a lot of times we give specific instructions to goalkeepers, but we don't tell them the why and the how of how yeah. to do it. And today's topic, guys, is containment from close range. Um, Ian. For maybe some of the parents out there who are listening and, and they're like, this is very goalkeeper-y vernacular, what do we mean by containment or creating a bubble? I mean, for, for me, how, how I interpret that is, you know, you, you're creating, you know, uh, like a, a space that's, I like to call it like an, almost like an invincible space that you're creating this presence, you're creating this uh, even like emotional or physical balance to, 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 to be able to, to make a save. It's, it's something that I feel is a foundation to goalkeeping, basically, because you're, you know, having the confidence, you're having this this air of invincibility, having this stature, but also having this calmness, having this presence of mind of your of your positioner in the goal, and being able to put yourself in a position to 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 react to the ball, to to influence that 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 space. Yeah. Does that does that is that something? Yeah. No, I think there's absolutely yeah. something there. It's actually yeah. something that I I the way you said it, I didn't even think about it in regards from the mental aspect. And yeah. Omar, I don't know if you've ever thought about it in regards to creating a bubble from a mental aspect, but you're right. It, the, the 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 more confident you are, the bigger your bubble is, and the more the more range you have, right, Omar? Yeah. Yeah, I think I've of recently I've realized that before I verbalize things, it's I'm better when I write things down. And I think about, you know, conversations or on podcast, 
So I sit down and write down some of the you know main topics that in the spur of the moment may not come to me because of the rush of blood or I'm thinking too quickly off, you know, on my feet. But I sit down and write it. And I feel like as goalkeeper coaches, that's what we do for our goalkeepers is we sit down, we create scenarios that you're going to probably be in where it's going to be a heightened pressure. Uh, there's going to be bodies in front of you. There's going to be traffic. There's going to be, you know, intense moments, last minute of the game, a lot of context. And can we put those goalkeepers in those positions enough times where, as, uh, as, sorry, as Ian was saying, in those moments, now they have that containment. They have that emotional calmness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and by the way, Ian, step in any t- step in any yeah, time. No, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. no, that's that's that's. Um, I mean, I think that the how, how I how I when I show you some of the videos, a lot of like a lot of the sessions that I do, it, it is it's about like at this level, at this professional level, and of course, when when you're when you're dealing with uh, younger athletes, you know, you have to have everything locked in place. You know, your great feet, your balance, your your uh, obviously your hand position, all the all these things need to be, you know, in in the correct form for you to to react. But then for me, the the, the style there's different styles of goalkeeping, there's different styles that let's say um, goalkeepers moving. Like and I don't sometimes you don't want to take away from their individual style, but there also has to be, you know, um, the basic foundations there of their techniques have to be locked in but uh, but for me i want that like the, their the, their character and their style to come out but that has to be done with a with a with a calmness it has to be done with a, a presence of mind that they're you know that, that it, it's such a frantic scenario when, when you've got these bodies in front of you and the ball's getting whizzed across the face of the goal and it's coming at you quick you know are you panicking or are you staying calm and just allowing yourself to react to that situation no, real quick, I, and that's why, for example, we, when we do something as simple as volleys in training, we say, "Don't." Yeah. I always say, like, "Don't be, don't be in such a rush to, be, to yeah. make the save and move on to the next one." Because yeah. in a game, obviously, when you have people in front of you, you need to take that ball and absorb it and, and process the entire technical movement so you can yeah. get, you know, be calm in those situations. But if you're in training and you're always rushing to the next thing, you never have that moment of like calmness and containment and zen, so you can actually yeah. see it all the way through. And again, that's why I don't know about you, Ian, but I'm a, I'm a stickler on that. Where I'm like, look, we're, we're, there's no rush. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about my own, my own service. The guy who's, th- who's hitting the next ball, he's thinking about his repetitions. He's not. We're not thinking about how long yeah. you're taking to catch the ball, then move on to the next thing. So take yeah. your time, I- I- implement that now, and I promise you, it's going to pay off in the long run. But again, yeah. a lot of people don't see that patience. They don't understand it. But as, yeah. as goalkeeper coaches, is like, what's the right way to teach this? And are they auto, audio, audio, audio uh, learners, visual audio learners? Visual. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah, exactly. I've, I've got a young, a young goalkeeper here just now. She's stepped up from the 20s. And we, we've signed uh, Courtney Bosnan, um, American uh, goalkeeper, in fact. She's Republic of Ireland because her parents are, are Irish. Um, so it's great. I've got this American accent on the, on the training grade field again. So I can say soccer ball again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. So I've got to lose a thread now. Anyway, so we've got this, this young young goalkeeper. Uh, she's come up from the twenties, and so I'm, I'm I'm saying, look at Courtney. Look look at how how balanced she is. Look at her body shape. Look how her head's forward. And and this is exactly what you're saying, Omar. We're we're, we're visual. We're audio. We're we're emotional learners. So. I'm saying to can you can you mimic her? Can you be like uh, I you know what I always say to them I say are you good at drawing? Are you any good at like sketching things? Can you can you visualize that? Can you visualize them you doing that? 
you get that in your mind? And, and that, that's when I usually find it. I say, like, you could have drawn at school or whatever, and they go, oh, not very good. So you kind of find out whether they're uh, visual learners or they're, they're good at sort of visualizing something in their head to, to replicate it. Um, so I, I sit down with them and I show them the video, but also stand and watch the older goalkeeper, what they're doing. Start try and mimic, just mimic them, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I think, uh, you know, you, you just brought up a really good point right there, Ian. And I, I love first off what you were saying in regards to about, you know, we got all, all, the, we got all this time, you know, um, you know, Omar talking about like, you know, worrying about the service. I think honestly, Omar, I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of young goalkeepers have difficulty containing balls in a comfortable, in a comfortable area is because they're so focused on inactivities. What's the next play? Uh, I want to make the most amount of saves, yada, yada. They start thinking of it like a competition as opposed to game scenario, being clean, you know, um, being solid in the moment, you know? Yeah. And I think, uh, for example, like even today I ran a session with my college guys and I, I, I beat myself up about it in training sessions where, you know, for example, we did a recovery movement, made a save, popped back up, and it was a cutback. And it was a live cutback, but there was a third shot and third action after the cutback uh, situation. So some of the goalkeepers, when they caught the ball, they let the ball go. Then they got the shot from the angle. But there was a few times where they left the rebounds on the cutback right in front of them. But because they went to that, they had a third ball, third action, they didn't even think about getting up for that, that rebound. So in my head, I, I didn't verbalize it. I, maybe I guess they need to understand that, hey, the third shot's not a priority until this one's yeah. you know, secured. Yeah. But something, yeah. like that, something like that as well, where it's like now you are, in my opinion, you're – putting bad habits and instilling bad things where it's like, you're not following yeah. up the repetition. Yeah. Instead, you're already thinking about the next ball. So something like that, again, like you said, Ian, you're always making mistakes. You're always learning. So now in my head, if I had written that down as a possibility of, of something being off script or the goalkeeper not doing it, I should yeah. have had that written out so that I had yeah. my ver the, the term. Yeah. Verbalizer. The, yeah. Exactly. There's one thing I just say to them. I say, just enjoy the save. No matter what, if it's just coming here or if it's a little, just enjoy it because it takes so much energy and enjoy it because I want you to feel that, you know, that positive reinforcement. I want you to feel that. I want you to feel, I, I want you to feel what made you, you, you make that good save. What made you make that, that save comfortable? What was, why did it flow or why didn't it flow? I want you to ask that question for yourself because it, I, and I say this as well. I say, listen, you're not always going to have a goalkeeping coach. You've got to coach yourself. You've got to be able to, you know, self-analyze and say, oh, that wasn't such a good save, but that was a great save. Why was it great? Because my feet were good. My, my hands were in the right place. I was, you know, I was, I was attacking the ball. My head was forward. So all these, all these little things, they need to almost have these, you know, these little, Checkpoints, boom, that's why it was nice. This is what, why it yeah. wasn't so good, you know? So yes, and I think, so to, your, to your point real quick, again, I'll cut you off, but I think that's why I feel like us goalkeepers, we really do appreciate those simple saves that the commentators will, will just kind of like, you know, passively go, oh, you should have caught that or you should have done that. You see those kind of things and you go, okay, well, if, for example, Zidane's a, a header against Buffon in the, in the, in the final 2006, Yes, it was kind of right at him. But again, Buffon does the early work to get in yeah. the line. And then from there, the header comes in, he makes a save. So as a, as a, as a you know, viewer, you're saying, oh, you know, right at Buffon, he's supposed to make those saves. But as a goalkeeper, you're going, oh, he did everything prior to actually having to make the yeah. executed play, yeah. put himself in that position. 
So again, we really do credit and appreciate those kind of things. Yeah, I'm putting myself in that position, and then he's he's not frantic. He's he's calm. He's has awareness. He's just like, okay, this could come straight to me, or this could go here or there. I'm ready to react. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I love I love what you know one of the things that you're saying right there, Omar, in regards to he did the early work because Ian, I think personally, yeah. I think one of the things is is that that body shape and doing that early work of first off getting into the right position and then having that body shape is going to lead to that successful action yep. and actually being able to contain the ball. If yep. you're frantic getting into position and your body shape is all wrong once the ball is struck, there's yeah. no way you're going to be able to contain the ball, and all you're going to be able to do is steer the ball. That's yeah, all you're going to yeah, be able to do. Yeah, and you'll, you'll, I'll, like, I'll show you some, uh, some, some video footage from practice, and you'll see that. You'll see that with my goalkeepers. I mean, they're not always perfect. You know, you, you'll, see di- and you'll see different styles between Sandy and you'll see diff- uh, and Tinny, who is who's 34, who is all, like, almost locked into her style. And, to try and, and for me to step in and try and kind of coached her style out of her and she was an incredible she, well she is an incredible she just signed for for Spurs uh, and she's an incredible goalkeeper but some of the some of the little technical stuff that you're doing with her she you know she wouldn't make the save that you you were really looking for but then then she got to to game situations and she'd be pulling off these incredible saves so I so I'd say to her I don't care what you you know we're doing technical work you're 34 years old I don't care what your technical stances or your technical hand position and when we're doing this because you go into that goal and you make it happen to me in your individual way so this is something that i i do uh i meant to, sh- I meant to show you how, how i structure my week i can maybe show you after this okay uh, so th- this is we, we run a four uh, four day week so we train uh four days in a row so this is be something that i do on the first day of training because uh, this, everything ties in, we do like a small area day with, with the team, small area, large area, medium size area, and then it's match day minus one and it's like tactical. So I, I tie in my, my sessions. So this is small area, so I tie into the small areas that they, they're going to do with the first team, uh, the outfield players. So something like this for me is just basic, basic. I like to try and get a little foot safe first. They're stepping in, they're getting balanced. Now this is Tinny's and goal, goal here. Tinny's you watch her stance. She kind of sits back quite a lot, and she's quite upright. This is Sandy. Sometimes Sandy's <laughs> the old man's getting some serves here. Okay, so something I just warm up with: get the feet going, get the hands going. So I, I put that second serve in just to keep that calmness. We were talking about keeping your body shape, nice hand positioning, keeping the head forward. I, I love Ian. There's something I really love about this, and Omar, I don't know how you feel about this, but I love the activation of the feet, which is, for lack of a better term, a more of a panic save, uh, yeah. and then having to recompose uh, yourself to create that simple save outside yeah. of that. I've never seen this before. This is awesome. I just I, I yeah. do the foot save, and they know they know the foot saves coming. So this is this is manufactured. So I, I'm yeah. saying I want you to get comfortable making that foot save, and you'll. <laughs> And when, when I come into the game situation, uh, the live footage of the game, you, you'll see the Sandy makes quite a few saves with her feet. Now here I've just brought out a little bit more now. Um, balls come from a different angle. Sandy's having to move across the goal. Clean her feet. She's got a balance. So again, it, it's these saves look easy, but they're not actually. Yeah. Omar, did, did you, were you saying something? I think you were saying something. Earlier. Sorry, Omar. 
Yeah, no, no, it's okay. I think, in, in, again, in these situations uh, as well, even though the goalkeeper, it's not an, it's an announced save. You know, they don't know where it's going, but they still have to keep their feet yeah. uh, light. So it's like, what's the most optimal set position here for you to be able to actually get your foot after, you know, a quick movement, get into a position where when you are asked to make a foot save, are your feet light enough to pick them back up? Are you, yeah. in, a, are you in a super narrow stance where your foot has a long way to go. Are you in a too wide of a stance where that jump can keep you grounded? There's so many little questions like that. I think in these situations, I don't know if they're going for that, but I think that's kind of like that, that's a, what I would tell my yeah. members. I mean, that, that's exactly it. I mean, and what I try to do here as well is I, I just work, you know, if that ball goes in the, the bottom corner here or, or where it doesn't, I, it doesn't bother me. All I'm trying to do is I put these two uh, mannequins here and I say, I'm going to work. This is your little goal. Just try and protect the center of the goal. One thing I, one thing I, Ian, that I, that I love about this in regards to first off is when you're constricting these little small areas right there is also you're also teaching young goalkeepers and obviously these are more seasoned professional goalkeepers, but you're teaching them that even when you make a reaction foot save, it is still about the shape and it's still about containing so that you create a bubble so that the ball is played into a good area rather yeah. than just knocking the ball right back. You know, yeah, to, yeah. To, the, to the striker. Yeah, and, and that's again what I talk about having presence of mind, presence of mind where your feet are, where your balance are, where do I want to put that ball? You know, so it's having, it's not just being erratic and just just reacting in some kind of starfish way. You know, so this is the importance again to the younger goalkeepers, you know, when they're evolving, it's, it's, it's having a great form, having a the, the nice clean feet, having the, the, the head forward. And one thing for me as well, I see a lot of, uh, Young female goalkeepers, I've seen it in America a lot, and they do, and I called it, <laughs> it sounds terrible, I call it the Hope Solos, where they have their hands in front of their body. It's like they have them, like almost like, like a choo-choo train like this, and they put the hands, the Hope Solo used to do it a lot, but I feel when the hands are in front of their body, you, you can't, you don't, it's almost like robotic, but when the hands are more down by the side, on the outside of the body, you can move in a more fluent motion rather than you know if the hands are there in front of you you're kind of jagging you know so being more loosening in the shoulders so i'll see a lot of young goalkeepers putting the hands here sitting hands in front oh you've got to see your hands to catch the ball you don't need to see your hands the hands of you will just let it, let them flow let it flow I, I think I think again, you know, and 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 I I think one of the most important things, and Omar, I know you've discussed this a lot as well too, is it's about it's about finding what is comfortable for you in regards to your hand, hand shape and positioning and all and all that sort of a thing. And I I mean I find maybe at the very young foundational stages, there it's okay for them to be a little bit more rigid, so at least to allow them to learn how to stay forward. But then as I say, start advancing and getting more comfortable with their bodies, uh, it, they can find a more of a natural curved shape a little bit more down you know towards their body type of a thing but I, I again it's it's all it's all a personal preference it is it is and again i, I tailor it back to or I'll, I'll refer back to a session that i had this morning and one of the goalkeepers that i i trained he was turning his head on on close range shots so there was a, a situation where he could have gotten a, probably a bigger foot and more directly deliberate you know kick save out of it but he turned his head and half his body went the opposite way and he cut himself in half there's my grandma walking past hey grandma uh, <laughs> um, but yeah so that then you cut yourself in half trying to make that save you have no power because you're disconnecting the lower half of your body upper half of your body so i said look i'd rather you try and stay up have the idea that you're probably going to take one to the face or it's going to hit you but at the end of the day you're making the save and you're creating foundation 
of your body to be like, look, I'm going to put myself in a position from close range where I'm not selling myself short, but I'm also giving myself the opportunity to, to stable my right foot or my left foot or my right hand or my, or my left hand. Yeah. So like you said, Ian, it's like put yourself in the best position, in my opinion, that's optimizing yeah. your ability to make a variety of saves. Two or three minutes later, they very similar situation. And now he actually kept himself upright. And now he decided that he was going to go back to create space for that foot save. But yeah. now he directed he directed the foot save. Direct, and he's yeah. actually making a deliberate, conscious effort to make that save. Versus yeah. before, maybe maybe luck, maybe he gets a deflection, maybe he goes in. You don't really have yeah. too much uh, conviction in it. Yeah. But, yeah. but it, go, go back to like what I would say to him. Say, if you, like what you said, you're going to get in the face, you're going to get in the face. You're going to get a broken nose one day. Right? And that's just part of being a goalkeeper. If you don't want to get a broken nose, don't be a goalkeeper. No, so it's like you've got to have the you've got to have this little bit of fire in the belly, you know. <laughs> yeah. Give it to me, sort of thing, you know. So that's that's part and part of many, goalkeeping. But for real though, but how many? Whether it's crossing, whether it's even when you're you know distributing the ball, a lot of some you know sometimes people play the ball like half effort, half kind of like, I'm not sure, hopefully the defender or the striker doesn't get there. Like, put some conviction behind your decision. And I think, yeah. again, the conviction comes from getting those repetitions in training where you don't second-guess yourself. And even we had a goalkeeper who was now playing with the first team, but when he was mm. playing with us, I told him, I said, look, in the first half, you've had some balls that were not – you didn't look like you had full confidence with it, and you messed up. I would much rather you try your best with full conviction getting that ball there and if you mess up, you overhit it. I don't care. I just, I just want to see some confidence in your distribution, yeah. and I'll back you. I just don't want you to see. I don't want to see, you know, uh, uh, say half-assed, but yeah. to be afraid of it. No, no. I, you know what? I would rather have a goalkeeper who's super brave, super brave, and is not like my, the young goalkeeper I have just now at Everton. Face, she is incredibly brave. You put again, you put her in with the first team, and she's making these saves and these blocks, and she's like, she was, and then technically she's not, not there yet. But I don't care. I don't care because she goes into that with the first team and she makes these blocks and she's putting her face forward and I'm like, you can't teach that. That's so hard to teach. That is just, that's just naturally in them. That is yeah. something, that's something, that's that fire in the belly that you go, where's that magic pill to give you to, to, to make somebody, somebody like that? It just, it's hard I mean, to, no, you know. Ian, you just brought up a conversation that I actually had with somebody, I think it was yesterday, and I, that was, or maybe it was the day before, and I was talking to uh, a program director at, at, at a club, at a youth club out here in, in Cal South, and and I was saying, well, one of the biggest issues that we have in goalkeeping development is that we coach out those types of qualities out of our mm. young goalkeepers, you know, because they're not they're not painting the picture that we want to see in the scenario, so yep. because of that, at a young age, we start they start believing that what they're doing is wrong and that what we want is right. And they start going yeah. against their natural instincts. Yeah. You know? yeah. I, I, I agree with you. And being a goalkeeper, you, you, there has to be that level of instinctive bravery where you, you know, I've played the, I've played the position. You guys have played the position. I mean, the minute you start thinking <laughs> it's all over, you know, it's, I, I used to say it's like Nike, Nike had it right. Didn't they just do it? Just do it. Don't think, yep. just do it. So, yeah. I, and, and but I must say, I mean, uh, when I look back, I'm talking about myself here. Look, when I look back over my playing career when I was younger, I mean, I wasn't the bravest, but I had to. I, I for some reason I had to become like the, the brave. I had to manufacture, like fake it till I till I made it, sort of thing. You know, I had to manufacture it because I look back at my look at my like when I was younger, I was brave, but there wasn't that. That real lion or that fierceness about me, I certainly had to work on it. 
And and it's, I think it's something a coach can help you with, but when you've got a kid who's really brave and it just it it it's it's almost like a little bit <laughs> I don't like to say it's a little bit mindless, you know? And then they just boom, you're like, Wow, that's great. I like that goalkeeper. You know? yeah. I mean, I mean yeah, and speaking go ahead, Omar. No, real quick. I, I, I try to again observe identify specific things that the goalkeeper is good at, whether it's reaction mm-hmm. saves, whether they like being brave on 1v1s. But let's say, for, exa- you know, for example, reaction saves. I try to tailor my constructive criticism around, look, you're getting set late on this cutback. And again, yeah. you are an incredible shot stopper. So what I need you to do is do the work early. So now you're set and now you're in a more optimal, optimal way or position yeah. to actually you know, seize the opportunity to be great at what you're already great at. So I think, yeah. for example, bravery, that's what I tell, I would tell the goalkeepers, like, you're extremely brave. However, yeah. you're being very careless and, and reckless here. So your yeah. bravery is necessarily, it's, it's being misconstrued as you're not knowing what, you know, what you're doing. So yeah. let's try and pull it back a little bit mm. and then find the right opportunities and the right windows to actually engage that braveness. And then, yeah, we, yeah. like you said, we're, we're going to try and get the best out of them. And I think that's, for me, the best perspective that I offer is kill them with kindness a little bit. You're great at this. Yeah. However, yeah. let's optimize and do this better. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a great way of putting it. Great way of putting it, Omar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, I, I, I have a question, and Ian, I don't know if did you want to show some of uh kind of kind of the clips of how like what you did in that 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 what that was yeah, match day minus five, right? That was match day yeah. minus five. Okay. Yeah. Um, match day, yeah. Yeah. Let me see if I can. Oh, what have I done here? Have we got time? But how long have we got here? We, I mean, I'm 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 free today, so you know. How about you? Good to go. Yeah, you're good. You're good. Omar, are you, you okay, Omar? You got you don't have to do any duties around the house or anything. No, <laughs> your grandma's not got you doing stuff. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, the abuela. No, <laughs> I might be in the doghouse for saying no. So we'll see. <laughs> I just wait for the hands coming over. Well. Um, Ian, a good good step though. Omar's not using the squeezy bottle, so that's not coming up on audio anymore. He was using a oh, squeezy yeah. bottle for a while when he was oh, drinking water. You go, you hear this like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, to the audience here is, I think what Ian's going to do is he's going to show how kind of that match day minus five, that kind of that first session, that close range session that he was running right there, how mm-hmm. that's going to be incorporated into these actual actions in the final actions in the game. Yeah. So let's uh, let's, let's pull these up right here. Enough. They're all. So here's Sandy, I'll just stop it. You can see the composure. You can see her stance. She's got a narrow stance. Her head's forward. She's in a great position to react to the ball. She's been patient. She's not... She's staying patient. The ball's ricocheted. She's patient, patient, patient. And for me, this is something that, you know, patience is such a, such a, a wonderful, wonderful tool for goalkeepers to have. Because she's staying patient. You see a lot of goalkeepers maybe coming out and maybe reacting, wanting to block that, but she's gonna see what wait and see what happens, wait and see what happens. And then she makes she makes that foot save because she's one, she's patient, she's balanced, she's also brave, and she just says, Come on, come and beat me. And she's creating that space to go, Hey, this is my space, you're not gonna get past me. And she's just she's being invincible for me. That's that, that invincible bubble she's created, you know. Also to have that type of patience against, I mean, obviously, you know, with, when you've got, you know, one of the best players in the world, you know, like Sam Kerr, you know, coming at you from that angle, which is a, which is, I mean, it's a, it's an angle, but it's, it's definitely a, I would say it's a successful angle for a lot of strikers. Uh, yeah. I mean, Sam, Sam, Sam Kerr, you know, she's, she's an incredible, you know, athlete, she's an incredible footballer. So to, to be able to stand there and go, 
you know what? I'm standing up to San Kerry. You ain't going to beat me today. You're not beating me. And to have that that that, that emotional strength, it, you know that 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 also, you know, it's like um, I'm the boss here. You ain't beating me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Omar, I don't know how you feel about this, but I think, you know, from a from a performance psychology standpoint, I, I think, you know, and obviously I'm not an expert in that world or whatever, but a lot of young goalkeepers in a situation like that, they start thinking about who that player is. And then when that action takes place like that, instead of them getting big, instead of them creating that containment area, that bubble area right there, they get small because subconsciously they're telling themselves that this player is more powerful than they are. And therefore they, they, they wilt under that type of pressure. Is that something you've noticed? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, to, to give some of those, those goalkeepers credit, there are certain players that psychologically, like, you know, for not playing against a Messi or Ronaldo, but someone like Sam Kerr, for example, to your point, Mike, they obviously are a little bit more crafty. They're a little bit more savvy in front of goal. So ideally, you're trying to like hedge your bet a little bit of, okay, if I cheat a little bit with the idea that our hips are open, they're probably going to go far post. You're trying to put yourself in the better position to make a big you know, impact save on a better player. So I think to, to those goalkeepers, I won't disc- you know, discourage that, go for it. But I think there are some times where we give those strikers too much credit and we don't give ourselves the opportunity to actually make a save. We're actually putting ourselves at a disadvantage, like 70 to 30. And I feel like if you can kind of, again, before the game and understand that if you're in those moments, win that individual battle of, of wits end or like the psychological component of the game. If you can kind of make a deal with yourself prior to the game, you're going to step up to those moments and make yourself big by any means necessary. I think those are the goalkeepers that I've seen over time really, really they, you know, show their experience, but also show longevity yeah. in the game because they're yeah. coming up with those huge saves. And I forget your yeah. goalkeeper's name here, Ian, but for example, so, in, so, the, in that so, moment, Danny McIver, yeah. But in, yeah, yeah. in that moment, bravery is the, is the base foundation that allows her to stay big, and she's creating yeah. her own luck. Of course, you need some luck in yeah. the moments, but by staying big and keeping your shoulders, you know, actually yeah. opened up versus you know curling one yeah. way and closing your body exactly. up, exactly, yeah. you're giving yourself the best opportunity to make a save. So again, if any young kids are listening, lead with ba- bravery and understand that you will yeah. probably get hit in the face. But it's so much easier than giving the, the striker a little bit more percentage and telling yourself short in those moments. Yeah. yeah. Before we kind of go to that, this next clip, Ian, I do kind of want to bring up the fact of that when we were watching that clip right there is the fact that Sandy, even though she goes into a block shape, it is not a reckless block shape. It is no, not, let me no. just try to get body on the ball. It is with a purpose. So a lot of young goalkeepers need to understand that when they spread or the block, there is still a purpose to create a certain shape so that the ball is steered in a certain way that's going to be uh, successful for you. Yeah, and that, that's something Sandy's, you know, I've, I've never really coached anything that way with Sandy. Sandy just kind of does that naturally. She has a, this natural, something a coach has done with her, you know, when she was younger. She has this natural uh, block shape or, or the way she saves it with it with her feet. She, she does it naturally and it, it's effective for her. And, and some of the goalkeepers might not do it that way. So I'm like, Sandy, you make that save like that. That's magnificent. You 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 find a technique that works for you, and it works for you in that moment. And she makes many many saves like that. By the way, I, I just realized the fact that I'm wearing an Everton uh, jersey, and, and and no one ever called me out on on the, on the whole thing. So I never, I never I, noticed. I wore, I wore no, I I wore it literally but, for this uh for for this show right here. And uh, so, I guess so I you did. Yeah. So you know, if you don't actually know this, but uh, years ago I actually worked for Everton, uh, for Everton for USA for for like a minute. Basically, I was doing some, uh, <laughs> some uh, yeah, I was doing some goalkeeping scouting for them here in the United States. Uh, wow. So, there uh, you go. 
Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. You, 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 you should be doing my job. You should have been here before me. <laughs> yeah. I uh, do. You, do you remember that old program, Omar, that they used to have here in Southern California? The the, the that uh, that Everton had. Yes, I do. I do. But I want to show you guys a quick picture, real quick. Sure. Let me open this. Uh, okay. Hold on one second. Let me just do this. Oh no! It's not. You also. You're gonna need. Where is it? Where is it? There we go. Is this is this you way back? Way back in there. Yes, this is me in my my academy days. That's me right here. Oh wow! Look at that. We went. We we had it set up for us where we we had their academy. I think 18s. They put us through a session. And yeah, we we went there when I think I was. Still 17, so right before college, yeah. 2010. Oh, that's magnificent. Oh, oh that's gosh, dude, so, that is so, hilarious. Was, was that a Finch farm? I have no, no idea. No, I'll look oh, for more okay. pictures, but but yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we were in this. Yeah, did you now? Did you, you guys just played them? Did you guys scrimmage them? Is that is that, is that what happened? You played the 18s or 16s or whatever. No, we didn't actually play them. I remember we played against Blackburn that trip, uh, Man mm. City. We played against Ipswich. Uh, I think we played against one more team. But we had a few games there, but uh, Everton wasn't one. I think it was just the connection we had. And we went to go uh, do some, uh, some sessions there. Pitches were, were beautiful. We're on turf all the time here at the Galaxy. So it was a little bit you know, wow. change there. But, yeah, just wanted to throw that out there. That's I, magnificent. That, you know what that is? You know what this is? I, I know, that's what I'm thinking. I'm, I, I wonder if it's at Finch Farm where we, we train. We train like with, next to the men. Um, and okay, I, I'll, it's, I'll, hard, it's hard. It's hard to say. If you got if you got more photographs, I'll be able to tell you. Um, yeah, we the, the training facilities are fantastic. We have we have our own we have our own pitch. It's yeah. Yes, Finch it's, Farm. Finch Farm. Perfect. Yeah. Yes. That's what we. So you were there before me. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> We went, I don't know if they're still there, but it says, uh, for an extensive, extensive training session under the watchful eyes of Everton Academy coaches Paul Harris and Mick O'Brien. No, I don't think I don't know they're, if they're there. Okay. No, Maybe so. that was a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. So, so Omar, what was, the, what was the scouting report on you? Was, was, there, was there any breakdown given? Did you, did you get any trials out of that trip? <laughs> no, there definitely was not. There definitely was not. But there is an interview. I have to find it. It's on the, the Galaxy's YouTube from 2010. And they asked us a question about what the session was about. And obviously from the goalkeeping side, I saw it completely different, but I was like, oh, we worked on this, this, and this. And that the next frame was the actual coach of the academy who ran the session and he said it'll be completely different. And I was just like, I don't know why they decided of all the players I should come on and explain the session, but it was just like, it was like the most obvious that I didn't know what I was talking about moment. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh my God, that that is incredible. See, the thing is, is now nowadays with social media and stuff like that, if someone's clearly going to find that, and then one day they're going to call call you out, they're like, "Oh, Omar Zini thinks he knows everything about goalkeeping." Like we see his social media following is so big or whatever. Here's a clip from him, uh, and he clearly did not understand this session whatsoever. And then you have to be like, "Yeah, dude, I was like 16 in that." Like, <laughs> put it in context. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Were you 16, 16 then? 16. No, 17, 17. 17. Oh, wow. 17. Wow. What an experience though. You must have been like it must have been like the the, the mecca of football coming here and yeah. 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 We, we we were definitely um 
like, cause, I mean, for example, a quick story, we played against Blackburn and the first game we, our equipment manager forgot the balls at the hotel, forgot the waters at the hotel. So we showed up, we showed up without any soccer balls, any water. And we were out in the field and Blackburn were nice enough to give us one, one ball. And then they gave our academy <laughs> their, their own ball. And it was literally like how you, you see in baseball, the catcher will catch the ball, then they'll throw it around the infield. And the outfield. Around, yeah. so that was, that's what it was. My goalkeeper coach had hit me like two or three volleys, one dive, then I'd play my right back and it would just get circled around the entire field then come back to my coach and then he did it the opposite way. So it was like, <sighs> that was our warm up. And then at halftime we had no water. So it was just like, there was a bottle that had been sitting by my goal for I, God knows how long. And I almost decided to get some, you know, some it from it. But I said, you know what, it's kind of unsanitary. So it was just this whole process. But, yeah. I'm <laughs> sure the academy home. people are kick, kicking themselves. That that's, the, that's the one thing I remember from the trip. <laughs> That's amazing. Now, obviously, I mean, obviously you guys were, were there with Galaxy. So, you know, Galaxy's not trying to put you guys in the shop window or whatever. But did anybody discreetly uh, end up getting do a trial over in Europe after after that trip, Omar? Do you remember? No, I don't. I don't think so. I think that was the, the Landon connection, if I kind of recall. I think that was the, the Landon Donovan. I think he, they said it in an article that I'm reading. He was introduced at Finch Farm, or that that's what. Oh, uh, okay. So he was oh. he was introduced there. So I think that was the the, the link we had is for him yeah. to uh, to put us through. Yeah. Everton short term loan legend Landon Donovan. There you go. <laughs> Getting a statue now here in LA. Yeah. I need to send you some t-shirts over, guys. Awesome. No, we want to go. I want to go. I, I can't come. Yeah, I think, you can come anytime. Man, I, uh, are we allowed <laughs> to go yet? I don't even. I don't even know how things work. Yeah, you can come travel and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, we come over. Well, almost still in this. He's he still has his professional season. You know that. What, what do you, when do you guys finish? October, November, December. When do you guys finish? Uh, I think the last game. If we get to playoffs, it'll be like late November. But we'll see. What oh, okay. It's, it's yeah. Up in, it's up in the air at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're we're mid season, and uh, yeah, yeah, December, mid season oh, for us. We're, we're, and that's and that's when the weather starts getting nice. You know, we get nice, nice sunny, <laughs> nice sunny warm days in December. No, <laughs> I'll find around that. Yeah, uh, let's uh, let's so let's 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 throw this clip up here right now. So um, why don't you break this down, kind of what's going on first before we kind of uh, walk through this? Okay, so so this is probably. Ooh. I mean, I think this is a, this is like match one of the world class saves that Sandy Sandy makes, and you see him making these every day in training. Uh, so again, under pressure from the corner, and again, she's been strong. She's been strong. Uh, you know, to have the balance okay. and the composure. You know, if you didn't if you didn't have your balance there, uh, you're not making those saves. So for yeah. me, Sandy's just. Especially under pressure like that, and it's come through, come through those bodies. She's watching the ball all the time, and and to be able to throw your hand up in a way to, to push it out in a in a safe area for me to to prove she shows the athleticism, but she also shows the the presence of mind not to be affected by anything in front of her, not to be yeah. put off by the player standing on her, to to be not to be pulled out of position because you see a lot of goalkeepers getting. Because somebody stands on them, they end up getting pushed back into into their goal or, or getting pushed out of position. But she's there, she's holding the ground, she's holding the ground. And she's, it's a, she's perfect positioning to make that save. 
Yeah, I, I want to kind of play play it right back here because because I think this this is something that I want a lot of young goalkeepers to see. So as kind of there's this kind of this chaos going on here, she drops, she creates depth right there. She's ne- yep. deep on her line, and then she recognizes as that ball comes in. See, there's there, there's a difference between containment, you know, and creating a bubble, guys. So this is a ball you can't contain. But by creating that shape, by creating that bubble around her, she's able to steer that into a good place. Because she knows if she tries to contain that, it's going to drop into a difficult area, and there's nothing she can do about that. So this is an example of where, right, Omar, where young goalkeepers have to recognize when it's okay to steer a ball away and when it's the right decision. Yeah, I mean, there's no, I, I don't think she's going to try and catch that in that moment. I think that would be, that would be pretty tough. But real quick, also, Mike, I think from this point forward, whenever we do video stuff, if we can give the audience yeah. who may not, uh, who may be, who may be driving like the specific game so they can kind of watch the highlight and then listen back in with us. So, yeah, I, absolutely. Ian, which, which, which is this? It says FA Women's. Uh, yeah, FA this Cup is actually, this, this is the FA Cup final um, last oh, year. It was actually, this was actually my first game for, for Everton. Um, so this is the wow. FA Cup final <laughs> it went at Wembley Stadium. Um, so I was very fortunate to to experience this with, with, uh, with Everton. So this, yes, yeah, the Cup final, FA Cup final last year, uh, back in October. Um, Perfect. Okay. We we, we end up losing, but oh. <laughs> you know, but we did. No, no small, no small feat, though. I mean, you're you're talking about yeah. you know against City. That's one of the best clubs in the world. Yeah. So yeah. you know, you, you know, you know. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. shout out to another. Another young, great, fantastic goalkeeper on the other end, uh, on the under end of the sticks, yeah. on the other side, right there. I mean, Great Britain's just—I mean, or the, let's just say England in general—has um, yeah. Yeah. A, such an amazing future <laughs> when it comes we're, we're to the yeah. We're very lucky, and, and you know that's what's keeping Sandy, you know, Ellie Roebuck's keeping keeping Sandy out of the out of the GB and the England team right at the moment, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's my, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. We've got we've got a tough tough job, but you know, Sandy's young and uh, time in her hands, and she's got that determination. So we'll watch watch this space for Sandy. Yeah, but I think also I mean, too, you had that with Aubrey for a little bit. No, I mean I think that was yeah. I know Mike and I had that discussion for so long of like you know what what does the national team need to see you know more of from her? I think she was consistent. She's quality. Uh, yeah. you know, goalkeeper of the year multiple times. So, like that kind of stuff to me. Yeah. Like, uh, I understand there's there's legends in the making who are in place there, and it's difficult to find your, you know, to find uh, that space. But yeah, you know. I I think with Aubrey as well, you know what? For me, I mean, I, I think she's the best best in the US, but that's just my biased opinion because <laughs> you know I coached yeah. her. and you know we managed to get her into a couple of uh, USA camps, national camps. And, you know, it, it might still happen for Aubrey. I really hope it does. And, and I know Aubrey will just keep going and going and she'll, she won't give up until it, until it does happen for her. And she she's just possesses everything that a top, well, world-class goalkeeper uh, needs, you know. So, but again, she's got Alyssa Nair. She's got, you know, Ashley Harris. She's got, you know, um, Casey, Casey Murphy now is in, in the mix there. Uh, Adriana French. So, this, this great goalkeepers, that's that's the hardest thing. There's so many great goalkeepers. You know? yeah. And as Casey Murphy joked a couple of weeks ago, you know, that they're, they're, you know, the, the pool is, the pool is so deep in the United States that if, if, if all of them got injured, they could just call in like, you know, Bryce Scurry, <laughs> Saskia Weber, you know, Nicole Barnhart, you know, all, exactly. all the older, all the older generation could yeah, probably step in and play. Exactly. So it's, it's such a huge pool and it just shows you like we, you know, we've got, we've seen Courtney uh, Brosnan, 
and she's she was born in America, so you know she's got Irish parents, so she plays for Republic of Ireland. So that she's smart. She's went well. well I'm, there's no way I'm going to get in there because look at the it's a massive pool, and and now she's she's playing over here. So yeah, uh, sometimes that's the, the smartest route. Yeah. Um, I, I got a question for you, Ian, because I think you know one of the one of the things that we really have an issue with when it comes to with younger kids is they think that containing is catching. I think mm. a lot of times, you know, and they they don't recognize that based on the movement on the ball, based on the the pace of the wall, the the weight or how the ball drops, all those sorts of things. It's nowadays, especially in the modern game, it's more about being able to play the ball comfortably rather than trying to catch the ball. And I see yeah. a lot of young kids and the coach tells them to catch the ball and they're so literal. And Omar, you know, I yeah. know this is something that you've discussed as well too. They just they just reach out and try to catch a ball, but they're not in a good shape. Their yeah. arms are locked and, and it's not going to be successful. Yeah, I, th I think that's, for me, like, a, you know, the technical side, it was all about timing. But the other side of that is, as long as you're in control of that ball, as long as you're in control, whether you're, you're bringing it down, you're parrying it down and keeping in control of it, or you're able to direct that ball into, into a safe area. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be, you know, textbook, let's catch everything. Uh, but I think that also goes back to, goes back to your foundations of your, of, of your, your techniques and you're in control of your body and you're in, you have this presence of where you are and you're not panicking and you're not frantic and you're not, throwing everything at it, but you're doing it in a fluent and uh, in a systematic way that, that that you're able to affect the ball in a, in a positive way. I, I just, I see it a lot like with, with Courtney coming in, Courtney Brosnan coming in. She has a such great, technically she's fantastic. And, you know, when I hit the ball, I really, I smack the ball at her and I don't hold back. I, I really do. And she just, and she knows you know, and it's coming straight for her. She knows when she cannot, you know, catch it. She's just going to contain it. She just, just cushions it. She just cushions it. And he just brings it down in front of her. You know, and I'm, hey, that's fantastic. You know, I'm happy with that. Because uh, yeah. she's in control She's in control of the situation. No, Ian, I, I, I mean, that's uh, exactly what you said. I was I was going to say very similar is that, like, as long as you can show me or you can, you can kind of not prove to me, but – we have a discussion about it. I want to. I want to see you're you're in control of the situation. That that action that you whatever you know the knockdown or you parried, as long as you, it was a deliberate and you actually meant to do it versus exactly. like by chance you were able to steer it away. I, I don't want yeah. that. I want to know that you're in complete control of the situation and your decision was an intentional one based on the visual triggers that you saw. Versus, exactly. And that, that's to, that to me. That to me is I can actually work with a goalkeeper and we can grow together. Versus like, hey, why'd you do that? I don't know. I just it just yeah. I just felt it. Okay, I don't yeah. mind playing on instinct. Fantastic, I love that. But if you really want to be cerebral and take your the next step as a goalkeeper, I think that understanding why you did things and giving me a full breakdown, which the goalkeepers that I'm working with, thankfully, they do. Um, yeah. But you 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 need that as a coach to be like, okay, you're actually processing and you're trying to be intentional with everything you're doing. Yeah, yeah. exactly, and that's exactly, and you can only be that if your foundations and your balance is right. Uh, let me let me show you this, Courtney, um, and. And again, this is just a basic. And I'm just, I'm smacking this ball at her. I'm lit. I think I'm doing maybe doing a half volley here, or it could be a strike. And you watch it, boom! She's in control of that. 
Yeah, he, for the for the audience out there who's just listening on the audio right here, basically she's pivoting. She's starting on the near post. It's just a simple drop step into the shape to get behind the ball. And then Ian's just whizzing the ball right at her, and she's control catching the ball down and containing that ball with a great pocket. There's nothing wrong with this, in my opinion. And if I see a kid doing this and I see a coach getting upset with them, saying, oh, they've got no hands, they've got no hands, they have to recognize this is a conscious decision based on the movement of the ball, based on the speed of the ball, that it's better to redirect that ball and create that pocket than try to hold it and let it go through their hands. And I I do a lot of this where I'm really zinging the ball at them. And it's for them to get to understand the composure in their body. See, like that right there, like because of the way that ball was hit right there, I was that one. Was that one of those? Yeah, well, there yeah. you can see the speed of the ball right there. I just saw it was. I'm was a it yeah. <laughs> I think one goes past her there. I think one goes yeah. past her there. But I, I get. I am. I'm literally. I'm zinging them at her, and I want. And you can see what I love about Con. She has this this fluid movement as her hands goes towards the ball. And she just cushions it in. It's just a, a shock absorber, you know. And yeah. she's in control. She's in control of her body. She can, if that ball goes to, to the left or right, she's able to move into 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 the into the save because her head's forward. She's yeah. balanced. She's calm, you know. And it, yeah, and, and I, I, one on one. No, real quick. And and I think you know the saying sometimes is you know for field players is like, have you catch your second win before the game? There's a reason. There's fact behind that, right? They they want you to understand how it feels in those psychological moments when you kind of are mm. exhausted to still maintain yeah. technical efficiency. So again, yeah. we talk about you know Steph Curry, for example. He's he's amazing at three pointers, but he had to be in standstill position to get the proper technique, and then eventually you start running behind screens. You start actually getting a little bit more fatigue, and that's where the, I guess the elite players can maintain that efficiency, maintain that execution when yeah. you are fatigued, when you are tired. So. Shots like this, yeah, any, anybody can kind of have that, that coolness and calmness. But it, I feel like, in my opinion, it stems from getting a ton of those reps when you are fatigued. Mm. So after training, you get a bag of balls and you exactly. get you know, your, your, yeah. your teammates just strike balls at you. And I know it might yeah. be an announced service. However, yeah. what you can control with announced service is you're controlling the chaos, controlling yeah. and having poise and composure in those moments and then creating a bubble to actually catch the ball, a knockdown all that stuff. And again, that's after training and you're done. So you're already fatigued, but can you get over that mental, that mental block, that emotional block to be in those moments or it's a 95th minute, you go into overtime. Like we just saw right there, you extra time. You're in the the FA Cup final. You're making a huge save like that because you've already been tried and tested and you've caught your second win throughout the season. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, I, I, I want to, I want to say this right, right now, Ian is, you know, one of the things that, that we've, we've been talking about and Omar, I love what you're saying about just the bag of balls, you know, and going out there and, and smacking it because I think that a lot of young goalkeepers, you know, and this is, this is something that, that I've heard a lot of goalkeeper coaches talk about is that patience is not just about, you know, the, the mental, but it's also the physical. You have to teach your body how to be patient and how to slow down your body so that your both in tune physically and mentally at the same exact time. And, you know, one of the things that a lot of, a lot of, you know, goalkeepers have have mentioned to us is just them working on their breathing technique, Mm. their breathing technique. You know, is that something that you guys have have worked on at Everton? Is it breathing techniques and controlling Uh, your breathing and all that sort of thing? Well, there is, I mean, me personally, I used to do, I've done a lot of yoga. When I, when I played, I got into yoga and learning about um, about those breathing techniques just like for calmness not so much in, in, in the goalkeeping uh, 
the one thing I, I speak to my goalkeepers, it is about doing yoga, but there is, I spoke to, I think it was Tinny last year about almost like that, that exhale as the ball comes. Uh, and, and, and it works for some goalkeepers. Sometimes, but at times you're not, you're, that's the last thing you're actually really thinking about. Um, but I think it's a technique that's maybe, you know, you can work on it. It's something you're just, you know, taking 20 balls or 10 balls and you're just taking that ball because you're feeling relaxed. You're moving into that, moving into the save, moving into the movement. Um, and I always, I always say to them, it's like uh, when you're moving across the goal and you, it's like dancing. I don't know. I said this to you guys before. It's like that. Like you, you don't dance and you're all rigid. Not that I'm a dancer, but you know, you, you see people dance. You don't go to that dance floor if you're feeling all, you know, self-conscious and all rigid. You, you need to be able to, as if you get in a goal mouth and move in a in a fluent way, like you like you're dancing. You know. So that's what I say to them. You gotta be relaxed. Yeah. Omar, is that something that you've worked on, the breathing, whether it's yourself personally or with your goalkeepers? Uh, no, but I th- I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I think, I think, uh, logically, and I'm sure anybody who's done, you know, uh, imaging or, uh, vision, visionary stuff before games, I think that's also very, very important as well to be in those moments. And again, for, for me, at least I'm more the physical aspect of things where I'm like, I'm going to put you in these stressful situations and cause stress so that you can figure mm-hmm. out, okay, are you breathing in those moments? Okay. In training sessions, can yeah. we work on some breathing? So expose yeah. them to those situations so they can come up with answers. Like I do come up with answers prior, or at least have an idea of what you would do in those situations that you can get yourself out of things. Again, we talk about pass backs and I tell my goalkeeper all the time, I'm like, look, at the next level, you need to understand where the pressure is coming from. We show you in film, but understanding that when you get that pass back, can you figure out of three options? If one is closed, the second one's closed, what's the third option? Mm-hmm. Be already being a pessimist, understanding what options you have prior to that versus the situation happens and you're looking for options after that. So same thing in training sessions. If you feel in those moments, you, you kind of have some panic or you're, you're not controlling the chaos, ask the coach, say, I need, to, I need you to put me through these situations so that I have answers or at least I have uh, a few answers to choose from and it's not so frantic and it's not so foreign to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 100%. I think that's a, I think, I think that's, that, that's a brilliant opinion. Yeah. Um, well, Ian, man, I know, I know it's getting, uh, what is, what is it over there? Is it 10, oh. 10, 21, at, 10 21 at night now? Is that 10, what it 10, is? 10, 10. I'm usually in bed by now, boys. Oh, man. You know, so... <laughs> I know we appreciate you staying up, stay, staying up late for us, man. I mean, trust me. I, mean, I know, it's, I know a joy. It's, it's a joy, man. It's a joy. It's a, it, it's difficult obviously with the, with the, with the chime change. Uh, but you guys, you guys change, change, change your clock soon. Don't you, don't you guys change your, or is that, or am no, I going crazy? No, That's a while o- still. O- October. I think October. The okay. I, okay. Spring, it's only, it's only August. Okay. Yeah. Spring, <laughs> spring forward. Yeah. Spring forward. I think it's April mm-hmm. spring forward and then fall back. We go back what are, in October. What are you guys doing right now? You're in the off season. You're in the off season right now. We're right? preseason. Preseason now. We start okay. preseason. So we've had two preseason friendly games. Uh, one against Rangers, and yesterday we played Blackburn. Talk about Blackburn. Yeah, you played Blackburn. Oh, oh my there yeah, we go. Bl- so we, yeah, yeah, so we're in pre. We're in the second week of preseason. Um, Sandy's just come back from Japan with the, the GB team, so she's having a little, um, let's say, a little respite at the moment, and she'll be back next week. So I've really just got uh, Courtney Bosnan and the young under-20 goalkeeper training just now, so it's, uh, yeah. 
I, I, I know we, I know, I know we want to, we want to get you to Betty and, but, but I, I just have this last question for you here because, you know, when you, when you have those, those international situations where you have that your goalkeepers go away on, on international duty and everything like that, how difficult is it to ease them back in properly so they don't overtrain and they get the proper rest and recuperation they need, especially when you're trying to prepare for a season at, at a, at a extremely high level, one of the best leagues in the world. Yeah, I, I think especially going away to you know an international tournament like that, like uh, the Olympics. That's that's a it, you know I've been with Scotland. I coached the Scotland national team for five years, and you know we went to the, the Euro Championships in, in the Netherlands, and it's a, it's a stress, such a stressful environment for the well for the coaches it is, but you try not to make it a stressful environment for the players. Um, but you you are um, it, you can't get away from football when you're in these these uh, these tournaments. It's it's all around you, and you're, you're so for them coming back off the back of that. It's almost like you want to decompress. You want to almost maybe not think about football for a little while until you almost get that little bit of, little bit of hunger. So I think having this rest for Sandy, she she'll go away for a couple of days on holiday, and uh, and she she knows herself when when she's ready. She wants to come back a little bit earlier, um, but it's like no no. You know the mental side of it, the emotional side of it. You, you're probably still, st- still, still carrying that energy. So let's go away and have have, have a little bit of uh, rest time with your family. You've not seen them for a month, so all, all these things play into it. Yeah, but, but she'll, she'll 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 come back and she'll be fresh. She'll be fresh to to go. You know. Yeah. And, and obviously, Omar, I know you're not you're not a, a coach at Man City, but it is something that we've seen recently. And a lot of people have been commenting about that is the fact that how long it's taken, you know, at Arison from to come back and, and, and get kind of back into the in, into the swing of things at City. And, you know, obviously, you know, shout out to Zach Stefan, who's been getting all those reps, which is fantastic for him. Um, but you know, uh, people have to take into consideration also the injury aspect as well too. Uh, when, when guys are just uh, getting too much wear and tear from all the travel and all that sort of thing, right? Yeah, and then I mean, again, for us, there's there's certain days where as as a coach, you kind of know, hey, you're probably a little bit fatigued. So if anything, we're going to work the bubble today. So it's a good opportunity to uh, get more repetitions in the bubble and get those guys like we can still work on something without beating up your body. So again. That's the fun thing about being a coach, in my opinion. Obviously, you have the conversations during the games and on game day and all that stuff. But the fun part, too, is constructing sessions, putting sessions together that uh, make you be creative. And I think that's one mm-hmm. way to do it. Yeah, yeah. Having, having fun, isn't it? Having a bit of fun with it. And yeah, not being... exactly. <laughs> and I think that goes back to probably the your original question to me is like how I find that transition. It's getting to know your goalkeepers. It's getting to having that relationship with them, that, that you know, a personal relationship. Once you've got that, then you say, okay, what are we doing today? What do you want to do? How do you feel? You know, yeah. that's good. Well, well, but Ian, first off, man, thanks, thanks for taking the time. Staying, thanks for staying up, you know, late, late with us and everything like that. And, and we'll definitely won't make it another, you know, uh, th- three let, years, let, you know, with Coco. Yeah, let, let's, let's, not, yeah let, let, let's not make it three years. Right? We can, whenever, <laughs> I'm, I'm here, I'm here <laughs> any, any, anytime. I'm here to talk and uh, I'm here. Anytime. It's a pleasure. It's a real pleasure. It's been, it's been great sure. chatting to you guys and seeing you guys again. Um, for, for people that kind of want to follow your journey and everything like with Everton and obviously, you know, with what's going on with it, with Everton women, you know, as, as they begin their, begin their very successful season uh, this year, the WS, USL, uh, yeah, WSL, I almost said WUSL and I'm like, I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, where's the best place for people to connect with you? I think just on Twitter. I've got a Twitter account, um, and I think it's just Ian McAlden at Ian McAlden. 
Um, if I've got that right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Twitter's the only, yeah, I have Facebook, but I don't go on that much. Yeah, Twitter, no, Twitter accounts, they, they, oh, yeah, I'm on Twitter. Yeah, at, at Ian McAlden, all lowercase. Awesome. And obviously, obviously, guys, you can reach out to Omar Zini at ProGK Academy underscore on Instagram. Uh, contact at InsideTheEighteenMedia.com if you have a guest suggestion or a topic suggestion or at Goalkeeper Podcast on all social media platforms. If you want to check out my comedy schedule, uh, MichaelMagidComedy.com will be consistently updated or you can just go to my social medias at MichaelMagid. A few shows coming up in, in L.A. this uh, week. Uh, actually, I'm in Pomona on Thursday at 7.30 if you're in the Inland Empire area. I think we do have some insiders out that way. Uh, that's all the time on Inside the 18, and we are out. Later, guys. Hey, everyone, it's Michael. Before we move on to our next segment, want to remind you all to rate and review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Literally takes 10 seconds and immediately makes you eligible for prizes. If you don't have an iPhone, borrow a friend's iPhone. It's just that easy. Thanks for all the support, and on with the show. Welcome to Inside the 18. I'm Michael Magid, live from Hollywood, California. With me, we got the whole team. We got the whole team together. Uh, finally back, back in action together. 99 World Cup winner, Suskio Weber, Las Vegas Lights goalkeeper coach, Omar Zini, and making her triumphant return to Inside the 18. We have KCNWSL goalkeeper coach, Allie Lipscher. Allie. The season's been happening. You 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 finally made it happen. <laughs> it's happening. Yeah, it is. It has been happening after a very long preseason. It's a, it's been rolling. I think we just crossed the halfway mark. Nice. That's a that that's that's awesome. I mean, obviously, the first time that we had you on for people who uh, weren't familiar, you hadn't actually begun your season, and uh, you know, we were a lot of the things that we were talking about. We're like, mm, I think we just need to have Allie back once the season starts, where we can actually start going over some training design and how 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 the saves have been going and all that that sort of a thing. So why don't we kind of catch up everybody uh, on kind of like you know what's happened since last time we were on the air and and you guys finally started the season and your first pro gig here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so start of the season, as you guys know, is a long preseason for, for everybody. Um, we've been rolling kind of since, uh, I mean, it's like late March, early April. Um, and, and, and I mean, if anyone's been following our team, it's, it's no secret that, that we've been struggling um, a little bit. Uh, but, but on the goalkeeping side of things, it's, it's been a whirlwind. I mean, I got, I've gotten to experience just about, just about every aspect of, um, of kind of what a professional team uh, and a professional goalkeeper roster. I mean, we've brought people in, we've had people leave, um, we've dealt with injuries, we've dealt with multiple injuries, um, and and so it's been it's been quite the whirlwind, but it's also been a, a pretty great you know experience overall as well. I mean, I think you know one of the really cool things about that whole thing is that both you and Omar and Omar had you even gotten your pro gig when uh, when we had Ali on, or, or were you still uh, 
were you still a still just a, a college coach? Not just a college coach, but you know, you know what I mean. Wow. Like, yeah. No. I, <laughs> I didn't, I, I didn't I, mean I, it like that. <laughs> when was it again? I forget the last time. We... Gosh, like I, mean, have... I feel like I was in like yeah. quarantine. I was just sitting in like a basement, like an Airbnb or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not know yet. No. Yeah. So, I mean, so this is actually kind of cool. Both you guys, both first, first kind of pro experiences, you know, kind of both at the same kind of point uh, in the season as well, too. Kind of both at the, at the mid-season point. Omar, well, why don't, do you want to give a report card as well on your end? Uh, I mean, it's, it's been a whirlwind <laughs> for sure. We, we, we started, off, started off rough, but the team kind of putting the pieces together. The first team, unfortunately, is going through a rough, a rough patch right now as well. So things around the office, even though when we get a result, it's like no one really cares because it's like the first team didn't get a result. So, um, but it, it's tough too when you have the, you know, you're the second team. They take all the players that they need and they give us the guys last minute. So I've had to kind of work with our goalkeeper and find ways to communicate with him to help him develop without actually getting, you know, ball time with him or actually being on the field. So it's it's been tough. Well. You know, you know, I mean, and by the way, Ali, feel free to step in at any time. But you know, I, obviously, you're not in that same situation with the with with the second team. You know, you're at the highest level, right there. But has it been, has it has there also been a little bit of a transition straight up from the college game? And again, like last time we had talked, you hadn't actually started your season. Um, you know, in regards to just the culture and how things are done at the pro level, or, or because you had played at that level, you were kind of familiar with it already. Uh, no, there's absolutely, you know, absolutely a transition. And I think that I think that I anticipated it um, pretty well. Like I had an idea of what it was going to be. So um, I went in kind of as prepared as as I could have been. Um, but but, you know, being first of all, this is a very long season. So it's it's at a very high level for a very long time. Um, and, and kind of having to be at that level every day is is really where um, kind of I think the, the biggest jump is. Um, the, the preparation that goes into training, the preparation that goes into games, it's all, I mean, it feels exponentially greater than, than what you would do at the college level. And some of that is that you have, you know, more resources. Um, and some of that is just that the demands of the game are, are so much greater that, um, that a lot more goes into it. I mean, I, I think, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, you know, Suskia has, you know, seen it from both sides, you know, co you know, coaching, playing at the highest of levels. Um, you know, Suskia, you could, we've kind of, we're off the air. We were kind of talking about the fact that, with the college season now for the for the highest level collegiate athletes in the division one level, they've kind of had this split season. That's not really a split season because it's kind of almost been kind of like one continuous season. Cause the summer was so short, you know, do you, does it feel a little bit more like a pro environment because of that? No. Okay. <laughs> no, not really. I mean, you know, cause you're still, you're still, it's not pro is totally different. 100%. I mean, you, you, you're off the field, you're off the field. You're going home. You're going to therapy. You're doing your things. You know these girls are. You know they're in school. They're they they have a lot of other things going on. So, with that being said, even the you know you know the regular season being this past spring, it was a quick turnaround. It wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, technically, they would have had spring season had everything been normal last year. Um, so I think that our older players are are used to just having two months off or a month you know month and a half off in the summer. Um, I like it because they all came back really sharp and fit. <laughs> they didn't have time not to be, really. Um, so that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that, it's funny that you said that because, you know, Omar used to always kind of talk about one of the things that was a struggle for you. And I'm not, I'm not trying to throw you under the bus here, Omar, is that you said because of the collegiate system, because of that long break, 
you know, it was a lot easier for, I mean, especially when you're talking about younger kids and stuff like that, who might not have the maturity level of a professional to kind of get unfit, you know? Um, but, but obviously, you yeah. know, now for both of you, Omar and, and Ali, you know, obviously there's an expectation now. There is no such thing as ever coming in unfit. Like we expect you to be a pro throughout the entire season. Yeah, yeah. And and luckily, you know, with, with the extended season, you also have some time to build into fitness because you can really only maintain fitness for a shorter period. So with, with college, that just feels like that it's like that real sharp kind of yeah. incline decline with it. And then, you know, with the pro, at the, I think at the pro level, because you have more time, it's maybe a little bit more of a gradual, a gradual build. No, absolutely. Yeah, and personally for me too, just as from like a from a coach's perspective, I've I've enjoyed when we've had more breaks now because in in the college system, you just obviously hey make sure the goalkeeper is ready for twenty two games. Hopefully, you guys mm -hmm. go to the national title game or you know go all the way. But you need to make sure that you're not putting anything in their head. Whether you're breaking down film, you don't because we have two get you know a game two days later. So that's what the kind of the coach would tell me is like hey I like the ideas, I like what you're doing. However. If our goalkeeper messes up, you need to support him. I'm like, I'll support him, but I want to break down the film. He's like, well, we have a game on Wednesday, so I don't want him to get in his own head. We have a game on, on Sunday as well, so I don't want him to get in his own head for that game either. So just as, as bare minimum as you can and just progress him through the week. With it, the, the pro game now, we have way more days, and we actually have – we can break down film that we can actually expose yeah. what we saw in the film in training. So it's just like for me, I've, it's more of a project, and I really enjoy that process a lot more. No, that's true. Yeah, I mean, because right now you're like, you know, depending on their load and like we have to prepare for, you know, the next day. And so as much as you want to work on stuff, which you can within your training, you also have to go into the next game, go into the next team pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. But Ali, yeah. I, I mean, for real quick, Mike, I'll take the MC for half a second here to ask both these guys. Can take it questions. for longer than a half second because I, again, <laughs> I've, I've, again, the UEFA gods have completely uh, uh, messed with us right here and decided to make make a game go into extra time right as we start doing the podcast. Um, but no question for you guys. I mean, and now that you guys are coaches, but from your playing careers, I, I feel like for myself as a player, I didn't necessarily enjoy when a coach. Uh, no, I don't mind them being hard, but like overly critical, like too much to the point where I'm like, hey, like. I have an instinct. Let me play with that. I know there's a standard. Let me, I understand the standard, but for you guys, do you guys feel like how you wanted to be coached? Is that how you guys are currently operating your, uh, your, your set of goalkeepers? I think that I am much more aware of when I am critical and when I'm not critical, for example, you know, game day minus three, we're picking out mistakes. Um, you know, the intensity is up. We're having, we're, we're trying to perform more complicated actions at a higher level. Like we're trying to, we're trying to uh, put fatigue into the mix so my my criticism and like even just like the communication that I give a goalkeeper is very different from game day minus one. And it's like, oh, you dropped the ball. Forget about it. Let's move right on. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think I, I don't think that I was really in touch with that as a player. Um, I think that I, I maybe and I don't know how you guys feel about this, but like I was just like, go as hard as you can all the time. And maybe that was a reflection of when I played a million years ago. But um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I'm a much different coach than than I would have been maybe directly right after I was done playing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm, I mean, I, th I think I look at things much differently than when I was a player. I think I agree. I think it was like, just go as hard as you can head down all the time. Um, but uh, maybe it was a long pause or maybe it's this podcast or whatever it is. I'm like a much different coach than I ever thought I would be, I think. 
and, and, and I'll, I'll say even even this, and I, I know that this question was not uh, directed towards me whatsoever, uh, but I'm just going to throw myself in there right now. I, I played this weekend. Uh, well, we could call it I was there. I was there this weekend. I was there. I don't know if I'd call it playing, but I was there. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I recognized a lot of the things that I was doing and the way that I was behaving was counter to how I want my players to behave and how I want them to handle situations and things like that. So it was really weird to get back into that playing environment and see the growth that I've had as a coach has made me finally recognize it in myself, these kind of detrimental habits that I may have, you know, and, and Ali, I don't know if you've, you ste ever step in, in the nets there and, and, and kind of see that happening as well too, or you're like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I don't need to do that. No, I always, I tell you, you just have to keep that lore there. Like, this is how you're supposed to do this, how I did it, which might not be true, but they'll never, they'll, they'll never know. They'll never know. They'll never, they're just going to assume. Well, Mar, have you stepped in at all this entire season? Uh, I did. I did last week. And oh. The yeah, because we had our, uh, we wanted to play small-sided and our, our starter was with the first team. And the coach was like, hey, I need you to play. And I showed up. I had everything taped. And it was crazy is the goalkeeper who was on the opposite side was getting peppered the entire time. And I made like two or three saves, but I walked off the field and I just, I joked with him. I was like, Donovan, I think I moved up the death chart. I think you moved down. <laughs> and, he, and he was just like, he was just laughing. But, but it, again, to, to the point of that though, like I played in a tournament, Mike, and you guys know in, our, in Armenia like two years ago. And I got, uh, I scored, I got scored on where a ball went, got hit to the far post and the ball was kind of lofted and I matched the pace of the ball and the guy headed it far post and I didn't, and I never, I never got set. And I couldn't change direction. And I remember thinking to myself, like, holy crap, like I, I emphasize this in training, but now I was just exposed for something that I always coach. Yeah. So it was just kind of re reaffirming a lot of the things. And I think if you do get to coach for a little bit, try it and then go back and play and you realize, oh my God, okay, these are things that I don't really harp on enough, or these are things that I, I, I don't give the goalkeeper the benefit of the doubt enough times. And, and I'll be straight up honest. I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, I it was great for me to get back out there and, and play. And I, I want to continue to keep playing because I think it, it humbles me. And then also it, it gives a different perspective because I start feeling a little bit more empathy for the, for the player, because I'm like, Oh, this is what this feels like again. Cause it's been a while. It's been a while. And I forgot kind of what this feels like. And now it's not theory anymore. You know, now it's something that's, that's through, that's through application, you know? Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, both, you know, you, you know, Ali, you and Suske, you know, you guys played, you know, at the professional level. And so, you know, you know what it's like to be in those environments and stuff like that. And I feel like that is extremely beneficial to your goalkeepers because maybe somebody who didn't, hasn't been through that, you know, they don't know what it's like to play in front of 20,000 people, you know, people right behind your goal, you know, screaming and yelling, that sort of thing. You know? Yeah. I mean, I can have empathy without having to get back in the goal. Empathize <laughs> <laughs> from the bench. Because I would tell you, Omar, if that happened to me, if I got in and that something like that happened to me, I would never live it down. Like my, like Lauren, Hannah, those guys would just be like, oh, really, coach? <laughs> I'm like, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> well, well yeah, speaking of, go ahead, Omar. No, last thing too, and I think, I think one thing that I've tried uh, and Ali, you made a good point earlier is like you have things to say, but it's choosing when and when not to say it. And I feel like that's that's been my biggest uh, in terms of a mat maturity level. If I'm looking in isolation from like the first day of college up until now, 
kind of understanding that I don't always have to make a technical uh, assessment or I don't always have to make a correction. It's more so now I'm at the point where I'm like, one, I know your ability. So that's, I, I, if you make a mistake, I, I know you're just as frustrated as I, as I am. However, also too, like if I, if I start to see a pattern, then I'll say something about it. But I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't try to attack the guy or the goalkeeper that I work with just because they make a, a slight mistake. They're already in their own head. They don't need somebody else compounding that voice. So I think, again, it's just like understanding and it's a skill you really do. Cause sometimes I'm like, I didn't say something, but like, does he think that I don't know in that moment, but I really do know and I have something to say, but I don't say it cause I'd rather you not feel as if I'm against you in those moments. Man, I think, I think, I think that's, I think that's a really, really good point, Omar. Um, Let's uh let's let's move into this topic here because I think this is actually going to talk about it talk about talk about empathy and obviously in the simple fact that you know there's a lot of people that have different kind of thoughts and feelings in regards to how you should step when you should step all that sort of stuff guys today's uh, topic is actually going to be uh, the prep step uh, prior uh, prior to the final action. Um, Ali, for maybe some parents out there or maybe younger goalkeepers that don't know what we mean by this, what do we mean by the prep step? So I was actually going to, I mean, I was hoping to snag you guys earlier. And, and for me, the, the prep step is, is, I mean, it's a little bit self-explanatory. It's how we prepare ourselves for a final action. And for me, it's a little, it's about two things. It's about momentum and it's about balance. Um, and how do we control both of those things? You, you, I think the most common thing that we recognize when we think about the most simple final action is maybe like a dive, uh, a collapse dive even, is, is what we think of as like the power step, right? Like that leg extending from our body, that push that we get to get our hands to the ball. Um, and, and for me, what, what a prep step does, does this idea of a prep step is it allows us to stay balanced for longer and it allows us to have momentum moving into, uh, again, that final action. So, um, if you're having to transition from a collapse dive into an extension save, which typically, which typically happens, um, then, then you're actually, you're able to do it with more balance and more power. So, so for me, it really comes down to those two things, but I mean, I wanted to make sure that I was on the same page with, with you guys about, about that as well. I mean, I mean, you're on the same page with me, with with me at least. You know, I, Omar and Suski. I don't know if you guys have any any anything different that you want to want to add to that, especially Suskia, since you were known as El Gato, um, and how quick your feet were. No, I agree with that 100. percent I think it also you also can steal a little bit of space angle wise um, with a small with a prep step. I think it's uh, you know anybody that does doesn't do it doesn't time it right or doesn't have a small little preparation step, you're, it gets very difficult to move laterally from, from like a solid grounded position. Like, you know, to, whether it's to extension dive, whether it's to collapse dive, even if it's like to explode um, and come out, that, that, quick, that quick prep step helps you with all of that. It's a rhythm that, um, that I find like invaluable. Yeah. I mean, and what I, I, I mean by that, and we talked about, we talked, sorry, but we talked to no. Ron Took about this. That doesn't mean you're hopping into something. You know how I hate that. Like you're mm -hmm. not hopping you're because your timing could be off. You could be like in the air and we're not talking like a jump, but like, you know, we talked about that with Franz Hook. Like, it, you know, some people that don't do that prep step properly are you're now you're losing a millisecond and now you're off. So this yeah. is, like I said, it's a rhythm. It's, it's something that has to be trained. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, adding on to that, you know, Omar, I know something that obviously you've brought up in a lot of times in your videos when you really break stuff down in a slow motion movement. I think a lot of younger goalkeepers start actually recognizing how small this prep step can be 
as because they see the final action and in their mind they're seeing a giant movement they're not recognizing that small little step so i think it's fantastic that you on your channel you know have broken this down you know for young kids to see that that step that foundational step is there before that push off yeah I, that, that's the issue too is that not enough not enough kids actually watch their own footage so they'll they'll watch the hair they'll watch keppa and like obviously those for me other than probably Neuer as well. Those are the two guys who do the huge arm swing and that's their prep step. But again, like Sasuke, it's like a rhythm. It's like you, you almost, it's like a trained uh, uh, movement that you've been working on forever. But for it to be trained, you have to be, you have to be aware of it. And a lot of young kids will watch those guys and never actually assess their own movement. So they try to do something that is probably not best for their size or best for their, their visual triggers, whatever they see. And they get caught doing it at the wrong time. So I think, again, film yourself, understand how you can best, I guess, make it more optimal to get back to, the, back to the ground and then push off and go and, or secondary action, whatever uh, is in front of you. But I think that's really what it is, is actually film yourself. <laughs> Don't watch other people film yourself and then really dissect it for yourself. <laughs> That 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 that's a really that's a really great point because obviously everybody's physical attributes are completely different. And Ali, I'm sure you've seen this before too, where uh, you know a young kid, especially when you were coaching at the youth level, will show you you know a, a clip of so and so, and they'll be like, oh, so yeah, so this is what I'm trying to do, and you're like, mm, that person's like a foot taller than you, you know, and a little bit quicker. So uh, we we may we may need to adjust things based on where you are physically right now. Yeah, yeah, definitely, um, and I think. Um, I think actually Abby, one of our goalkeepers, um, maybe she's like Elgato dose, but she has, uh, she has incredible footwork and, and she's someone who I think really embodies the, the potential of, um, the prep step to, to the point where you rarely see her, um, extend, um, because her footwork is so good kind of going into those simple movements. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and that, that's a really good point that you just brought up that, I and mean, obviously we're going to watch some clips of Abby in, in a second here, but. If again, and Suski, you bring this up all the time, like if you don't have to extend because your feet are that quick and you're able to shift your body, mm -hmm. then there's no need to extend. There's no need to move farther than you need to. Well, it's more, it, why make it more difficult for yourself? You know, I mean, I just got hammered footwork, footwork, footwork by Tony and stuff um, and, and Blage and all of those guys. So, you know, I didn't have to extend that off. I didn't have to power dive i could you know i wanted to get there with my footwork cover and and cover it as quickly as possible and make the safest save possible don't make it more you know and i think that with that prep step i agree with you ali 100 that that you with that your and your footwork being solid you'll you'll be amazed at what you can cover not having to extension dive Totally. And yeah. at the same time, like when you have both feet, when you, when you are using your, your feet to get to the ball, like both feet are on the ground, right? For a longer period of time. Um, so you're coming from a more balanced place. So you tend to hold more than, than you, than you parry as well, which, which is another big difference for me. Yeah, absolutely. 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 And I think, you know, and that's a lost art. I mean, and when we, when we've, we've talked about this too, and I think one of the reasons a lot of times that kids think that they're, making the right decision and steering when and actually and we talked about it on monday with Ian mccaldin from everton women is that you know if if you're moving in a shape where you can contain that ball then contain that ball you only steer it if the ball's breaking away from you and you can't contain that ball and if you move your feet in appropriately you know again having the ball in your hand you're a much more um effective goalkeeper than playing a ball for another reset for another restart 
No, I mean, uh, uh, kind of what Ali said, you know, earlier about like kind of like minus three, you can do a little bit more, uh, more not more coaching, but there's more things that you can try to expose with a goalkeeper because you have multiple days until the actual game day. So yesterday what we did was cross goal movements and I was working, I, I have to call it fast approach to low arrival and it, it kind of gets you to a point where you move quickly to a spot, get in ball line, and then from there you're, you've slowed down enough where now your legs can get picked up off the ground if you need to make a foot save or shift your feet again. And we worked on that yesterday to develop, you know, develop the muscle memory in the legs, some fatigue in the legs, but also too, we had uh, shooting distances where the ball was stationary, but I really wanted the goalkeepers. I had one goalkeeper who leans back a lot. So I was like, look, I need you to stare down this ball. I need you to really, really, while you are fatigued and getting from, you know, the center of the goal or the opposite side of the goal across, you need to be able to have strength in the legs and then be able to look at the shooter right, right in the eye. Sorry, my grandma's talking. Jesus. <laughs> she just doesn't get it sometimes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, to look the shooter straight in the eye and just say, look, you're going to have to beat me. But also, too, making sure that if you are balanced and you have that mentality and that approach, I'm going to stay big. Now you can actually work on your steers because you have balance. And like, like Ali alluded to earlier, balance in the legs, but also, too, if your legs go, then your body goes. But if your legs stay, your body at least has an opportunity to make a save and a clear direction. Jesus, this is this. No, I love it. This is the best. This is the Grandma's best. Grandma's back. It's my favorite. I swear she needs her own show. Allie, <laughs> no, Allie, no one, uh, no, no one in your background. No one walking back and forth on your background. I no, see. dog's not tall enough. <laughs> yeah. um, Don't say that word, else mine will start barking. Oh boy! Oh boy! So we'll, we'll, we won't we won't jinx that. Um. So, Ali, really quickly, I, I want to talk about because you you were bringing up the whole balance thing, and I think one of the one of the reasons why I personally, when I talk about a prep step, and when I especially when I'm I'm kind of showing it at the foundational ages, I'm talking about these minimal steps that keep you kind of equidistant and still balanced as you're moving, is because a lot of kids if they take that step too big, they become so top heavy one direction. Now, if the ball is redirected they've already overcommitted and there's no way for them to, to reset themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you think about it, as soon as, as soon as your legs leave a set position, as soon as your legs leave kind of the frame of your body, you're no longer balanced. I mean, if, if both of them do, then you're just, then you're set too wide, but you're still balanced. But like, as soon as one leg kind of leaves your body, you're unbalanced, right? You've got more weight um, positioned on one leg than the other. And, and what that prep step allows you to do is really like to what Saskia was saying, you know, cover ground, um, prepare for movement. And then for me, gain, gain momentum as you shift from kind of your back foot to your front foot. So when you do take that step away from your body, you really got a kind of a direct line um, mm -hmm. going to the wall and you're really able, I mean, I, I'm sure my goalkeepers are so sick of saying this, but just like that back foot, front foot transfer of transfer of power is, is so much more efficient um, to me and so much more explosive and kind of getting yourself from A to B. Yeah. I, I love what you just said there about the back foot. And, you know, um, I mean, this is something that we've talked about. I mean, Saskia, you've talked about this, that so many kids, they think that step, when they say like here, step forward or something like that, they think front foot, front foot, front foot, but it's an entire body that moves. So well, if you're stepping forward, your back foot is the plant is, is the foot that, that where all the bat, where all the weight is coming from. So that has to shift with you. It doesn't just lock, you know, and I think that's a problem that a lot of kids have, if that makes any sense or kind of <laughs> kind of okay. yeah i'm okay. trying to omar save me here save me here omar come on <laughs> that was rough that was rough i mean i'm <laughs> the visual the visual of that and you can yeah. tell the wheels were spinning the wheels were spinning there. he saw me i was like where is he going i was with like where is he going with this okay so here look 
I wish I could just get up right now and just show and show you guys what I'm what I'm talking about. So that step, okay, that yeah, foot, that okay, inside yeah. foot. Okay. Uh, Omar, so, tell your grandma to come back. <laughs> <laughs> Allie, did I make any sense at all? I, totally. Okay. Oh my god. Oh god. <laughs> My my sessions have just completely deteriorated. Everyone is just canceled for the week. They've just like no, they've yeah. heard this well, right I mean, now. As and they're long like, as you don't work on prep set, we'll be fine. I do want to bring this up though. I, I want to bring up a uh, pulsing because this is something that you know. Um, I think Abby has a little bit of a little bit of a pulse uh, sometimes um, before before she moves. But a lot of people they say, you know, is this. In your mind, do you consider that a step, or do you consider that more just movement of the body? Um, I, I think it depends. It, is it is it a pulse? Is it a hop? Um, I mean, when when Abby sets, she's really really still in her set, and that's one of the things um, that allows her to be so good with um, her hands and so good in reaction. That's allows her. To be, that's one of the things that allows her to be so good um, is that she is very still in her set, but she she's also very efficient with. Um, with her movement. So I, I would say that, that she does pulse, but she's also good with timing. Like once, when she's like, when she's set, like then she's beginning kind of that loading process. Um, so she can unload into whatever state that, that she's about to, you know, to, to make. Um, I think I don't, I don't mind a pulse with, with kids because I think it's important not to get stuck in this idea that being set is being like grounded because being grounded to me feels like weighted um, and you lose a little bit of, of explosiveness. Like it, it, you know, um, you, you have to, you have to be able to, un, you have to be able to coil if you're going to uncoil to a certain extent. Um, and, and this, this idea of, of, of kind of having a little bit of like motion and energy going into your coil, I think is, um, is something that I can explain better. Um, but also something that's, that is necessary, um, and that you want kids to do. And, and as long as, as long as they're in a good position and as long as, again, they're balanced, um, it's okay to have a little bit, bit of movement when, when that, when that kind of pendulum swings too far is when you're not, when you don't have ground contact as the ball struck. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And, and like when you're, when you're setting late or when like you're setting early, so you're trying to squeeze another kind of step in or um, like the timing, of, the timing of that is really, really cr critical. Um, but I think it's, I think it's okay to encourage that almost, almost over being like, still and set in your position. I think once once you've gotten this idea of how you move into a save, then we can work on coming from like that that timing of like being still going into that. I think I think you just brought up just a really good point and I was even I I, I never was thinking about this in regards to just with like the foundational goalkeepers with the younger goalkeepers is that you know um I I I've recognized, and again, you know, Suski, you always talk about literalization all the time. Omar, I know you do as well, too. Um, but that if you tell somebody to st stop moving, a, a young kid, again, is going to get flat-footed and there. And and because it's so much more difficult for younger kids to move because they're not as dynamic and everything like that, like you want to encourage them to learn how to move, learn how to move, learn how to move, if that, mm -hmm. if that makes sense at all. Yeah, that was a little better. Okay. okay. <laughs> no, no, but, but I think I agree with Ali in a sense, like there's a lot of ways to do this wrong. Like you can set too soon. You could set too early. And I agree with the terminology. You're too grounded. You're flat. You're that's your weight is stopped. And then to move from that type of a position, type of a stagnant position is difficult. Um, I was never a, a 
ulcer, <laughs> that's what you want to call it, right? But I, my timing into my um, into that pre-stretch was part. That, that's my movement. So that would be like you know that preset. That would that would be my movement. But some people, I agree. Some people that that little bit of energy that that pulsing is fine as long as it's ta- your timing's right, you know. And as long as no, you're not in a movement when you should be now setting and going. So um, yeah, I would I would rather have a kid have a little bit of that and then than just be like uh, set and now try to move. You know, that, you like that? I, no, I, I love that. And I, I, and I love the phys, I love the physical interaction with that too. So, cause now I just see you setting, uh, Omar, anything you want to add to that? Or, or are you, are you kind of feeling on the same, same wavelength there? No, I thought Ali did a really, really good job. If you could see me, I was nodding my head. It, it, it was, I, everything you said was just right on point. But again, too, it's like, it's a, it's a, for me, it's a visual and feel like discovery. Like you have to be able to watch your own footage and then be honest with yourself in those moments. It's kind of hard to sometimes say like, was I heavy in that or how did I feel? But when you actually watch yourself back, I think there's just so much value in that. So any young kid, again, you won't even notice. I, I when I was playing, I, I mean, I got put the gloves on two years ago to prep for this tournament. And I realized that when I get set, my arms shoot down and my pulse, like, it's like a weird dance move. I get low, then I come up and I get low. <laughs> and I was like, and if I was like mentally, mentally, I felt extremely light. Like I knew I could probably get out of that because I, maybe it's something that I've trained. However, from somebody else or a coach who watches me and says, hey, you're putting way too much weight. And that's probably what I would tell a kid because that's, that's how I would see it. It's like, you're putting too much weight. There's, there's not enough weight going up. So maybe you should like even that, even that out a little bit more. But it's like, then I would tell my coach, like, look, I feel great here. I feel light. And then as a coach, you would say respectfully, okay, that makes sense. If you feel good, you feel good. But like, you almost want to validate and have conviction in why you're doing something. You can <laughs> explain it to your, your coach versus having them tell you and you kind of just blindly follow it. And it might not, it might not be the, the, the right pulse or the right set for you. I think a good, I think a good way to, this is weird. A good way to look at it. I don't know why PKs keep coming into my mind on this. Because back in the day when you could kind of steal a little space forward, <laughs> but it was that rhythm for me. And so it was that that's preset, boom, and movement. And that was light on my feet. Um, now, obviously, you know, you get called for everything, but even watching people do lateral movement or pulse, you need, you need that rhythm. It's hard to, like, if you look at a PK, it's hard to set and then go. Okay, but if you have that, if you have that movement, if you have a little, if you have that little bit of a step or a little bit, um, then you, you're going to cover so much more ground with so much more power and, and everything. And I think it's a, just a good way to look at it. Like, am I, st- am I set solid on the line and now I'm trying to move from this position? Or do I have a little bit of momentum um, with my movement? Yeah, totally. I mean, if you think about it, if you're completely still, you're going to have to overcome just a little bit of inertia, right, to, right. to actually keep moving again. So so you're putting yourself like not even like by, by giving yourself momentum, you're not even starting at zero. Like you're you're starting significantly further ahead than than if you were completely still. You know, it's, it's so funny. I while you were just saying the PK things, I feel like we should just kind of just move to this right here. Um, I want to actually play a PK of uh, of, of Abby's that she saved uh, not that long ago. Let's see if I can get this to. Uh to open on here see what a good transition i didn't even know look at that look at that okay so let me uh let me find that clip here this is against sinclair i believe it is let's see if we can find up here we go okay so uh let's uh let's kind of play it in real time 
notice that inertia, notice that movement, boom, boom, boom. Um, nice. And now let's slow it kind of down. First off, that's a fantastic, I think that's a great PK that Sinclair took right there on her, you know, low to the corner right there. And, and I think it was just a phenomenal save by, by Abby. Um, Ali, do you kind of want to break this down and why this, this is such a positive movement by, by Abby? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, can you like run through it slowly? Absolutely. <laughs> and I'll try yeah. to like, I'll so, just try to color commentary while you go. Abby takes, yeah, she takes, I mean, it's almost hard to see. She does. She, she's like, she's almost pulsing a little bit. Yeah. And she yeah. takes the smallest step going to that. She's super decisive, right? We've, we've, we scout PKs. We, we think we have a pretty good idea of where, of where people are going most of the time. So she knows where she's going. So her prep step is already predetermined. She's not making like, she has made her decision as she's, you know, as, right. as she kind of starts that load. And then she's able, you can see right here to put weight from that back foot into that front foot and really cover almost the entire half of that goal when she goes, when she goes down with power, with power, yeah. Yeah, she gets down quick. That's not, that's not a, that's not a soft PK. No, 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 she, she struck that. Go ahead, Omar. No, I think it's, especially in these, I mean, I don't know if, in my opinion, I don't know if a PK is the best explanation for this topic, Mike, but we'll, we'll take it for what it is. Oh, I think no, 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 no. And trust me, I've got other clips. It was just because she brought, oh, brought up okay, the PKs. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why. Uh, no, but that's why I, I think in general, I think Ben Dragovan like said it really, really well. Uh, who works for Seattle Rain? Still, right? Seattle Rain mm -hmm. or Seattle? No, 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 no. no. He's got his team, own performance right? that he used. You, he used to work for Seattle. He used yeah. to. Okay, well, yes. he was saying that you know he sometimes he'll bring goalkeepers in and he realizes there's like a weight off uh, in terms of weight distribution and which leg they prefer. And I feel like to make a save and to really, really give yourself the best opportunity to move laterally from. Uh, a pulsing position or like a somewhat stagnant position, you need to be even and balanced on both legs. And, and in these situations, again, if you look at this PK, I'm sure as well, because you have a tendency or have an idea of where that ball might go, you're almost like putting a little bit more weight on that right leg so that if you do need to go, the uh, left leg, which is the outside leg here, can supplement that and really help you push. But I feel like that's, that's probably the biggest thing is making sure you get in line, but making sure that you have that little quick balance to balance yourself. And then from there, now you have somewhat even uh, weight distribution on both sides, and you can attack either way. This is uh, – you can see it right here. You can literally see just right there. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Just that little that, – just that little step, that little step right before. Yeah, Boom. She's already gone. And then, and then yeah, she's already gone. Boom. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. That, is, uh, that, is, that is absolutely That's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, look, I again, PK, I, PK wasn't that wasn't the scenario no, that I, I was. No, it wasn't. It was just making me think of it, like when you watch some yeah. people do their movement and, and pulsing. That's all. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's uh, I, I, so let's go let's go back to this one then. This is a this is a play that I wanted to bring up. Let's see if I can find the right the right play right here. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, this is I think this is uh this is the one I this is the one I wanted to play right right here because this is a good example right here so basically what happens here uh okay so what happens is uh is is the ball is played to larue and she basically recognizes as she starts going outside she's kind of forced inside she cuts kind of forces inside abby kind of recognizes that that she's got her near post nice and covered but support from from her defender right there so larue tries to go towards the back post and then we just see right there you see that little prep step mm -hmm. Just to kind of shift, and then that. See, and that again, that looks like an easier save than it actually is because her feet are so quick and she moves so quickly and she holds onto the ball cleanly like that. You know, um, I mean, we can even play it in in real time here. Boom. Because a lot of young kids will just let that dribble through because they'll be blocked out and then they won't be able to move across quick enough. Thoughts, Allie? 
Yeah, I mean, a couple of things I, I play here as well. She's able to take, that's almost a bigger prep step for her. And she's able to take that because that defender has that side sealed off. Um, and, and what's dangerous is you have to trust your defender in these situations. Because if, if that ball comes back through at all the other way, now now we're almost overcommitted. Um, but but that's that's another thing that you know is is I think important in this situation is Abby reads that this ball probably won't isn't going to come back um, to her right. There's a pretty there's a pretty um, narrow window for it to go through. So what she's really what her goal now becomes is the space that the ball can travel through, and she's really kind of prepping herself into that space. Yeah, and then I and then I I, I kind of see that she kind of finds this hole right here, and that's why I think she takes a bigger step than usual. Probably is because she's trying to find the ball again, so that yep. she's got it. And then I, again, this uh, this is the difference between guessing, you know, and 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 making an educated and having an educated kind of feeling uh, on 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 where a ball's going to go. Um, if 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 uh if if that makes any sense, yeah, I, yeah. I guess I'm all okay. I mean, you ha you have to respect that players at this level can you know can can do a lot with the ball. Mm -hmm. um, so there, there's there's no guessing in situations like this for sure. And and she does, and she has a little bit of a wider set um, in general, especially when she's about to push. So those those prep steps are typically for her much smaller than than this. I think also the scenario dictates you know how big your step is as well too. You know. Um, yeah, here she's trying to come back towards the middle and kind of cover more space. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, Omar Saskia, anything you want to add to this? No, I mean, even when you see her shift back, if you play it in real time, there's a, there's a, a little, even another little step before she, oh, see it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you yeah. see it? So it's mm -hmm. like another short little step and then she goes down and she makes what some, if some people don't take that other little step, little, little step, then, then you're looking at maybe, a def I don't think it was hit so hard but if it's that could be a deflection now around the post but because if you play it because she re repositioned herself then it goes yep see it see the little two, two. one in there boom, boom. Yep. now yeah. she preps and then she can cover more ground more space and she can control the ball and 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 I, and I agree completely i think that that's that's one of the things that especially a lot of younger kids when i'm teaching them to expand their range is forcing them to take that little extra step too you know is that short little concise steps are better than trying to take one giant step. And by her recognizing that based on the pace of the ball, she can get one more step in before she goes down for it. Now it just makes it a very comfortable. Exactly. Comfortable yeah, absolutely. Exactly. I love that. I, I still do this. I love that. I point to my screen. Like you guys can see me and I'm like, see it, see it right there. And I'm like, nobody can see me pointing at my screen, but it's okay. They're just little fingerprints all over it. <laughs> yeah. Omar, any thoughts? Uh, no, I think uh, you made a good point there, Mike. I think every scenario that, that's in front of you dictates a different type of uh, prep set. And I think, for example, if you're going to, you know, against Carlos Vela, who's coming down the right and he usually cuts in and tries to go far post, for me, I would probably start loading up, let's say, my right leg just because I know if I need to, keep, to start going because he's going to try and curl it far post, I have an opportunity because I uh, educated guess based on film, I can step, step and go. But also, too, those strikers are getting smarter. So as uh, Ali said earlier, Abby has to trust that her defender is not going to lift up her leg where that, that shot can come back near post. So it's like you have to weigh both options out. So you can't, like you said, Mike, chop up those. You have to chop up those steps. So mm -hmm. if they do come back across, your momentum is not so significant that you can't uh, reverse direction. And I think, again, that's why it's, you have to be very meticulous about what, what, what strikers' tendencies are. 
But just that should give you a good idea and a good picture of what could potentially happen. So set up your legs like that, but also to don't read into it so much where you you completely leave yourself vulnerable at the near post. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think her balance is, is good enough that if that had cut back, she could have saved it as well. So and exactly. that's, where, that's where balance does come in. And no, it's, it, there is a minimal amount of you can't guess because that they could cut back and it could go through your, your defender's legs. So if you've overcompensated or if you've sold yourself, um, you're done. But I think that her balance is what it is and her feet are fast enough that she could have gone the other direction had she needed to. Yeah. 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 You know, and- Allie, I've got a, I've got a question for you because you, you, you know, you were obviously bringing up, you know, different, different steps and, and different sizes and different speeds and everything like that. Is that something that you encourage young goalkeepers to kind of explore in different scenarios and find out what's going to be effective based on the distance of the play, based on where the ball's coming from, based on runners that might be in dangerous areas, those sorts of things? Are you talking specifically about, I mean, taking extra steps leading into a dive? Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it is something that, that we allow them, I, I allow them to explore. And I do it with open-ended questions. It's, you know, like when, when that ball sneaks past them, um, it's, Hey, did you, like, do you think you had time to take another step yeah. there? Um, it's, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's like, it, it's just, it's how do, how do we think that you can assess what's, what's happening? Um, and, and make those adjustments because if I'm like, take another step that, that doesn't have any context to it. Right. Like when they, when they are imagining themselves taking another step, now they're messing in their head with like, is that a short step? Is that a big step? Like right. it's it, so, and so I totally think, I think that. I mean, the, te- the real technical part of goalkeeping where I'm like, this is who you are and this is how your body works and this is how we're going to adjust this little thing. That doesn't happen until way later on. I'm a pretty big proponent of like, make saves, figure out your body. Let's mm-hmm. make this more efficient, um, but kind of figure like, just just do your thing for, you know, I, maybe longer than most people are comfortable with. Let's give you let's give you some fundamentals. Let's give you a tool belt, put some tools in it um, and then let you let you build your masterpiece. No, I agree. I think my terminology is, is exactly the same. Do you think you could have taken another step there? You know? Yeah. And sometimes too, I think it, it, we were talking about it in our session yesterday about like sometimes when you're those big movements across the goal, it's like a two V one situation. They, they play it across. Sometimes those shots that the strikers don't get a clean shot on and they kind of like the ball starts bouncing and, and hit, you know, different divots on the turf or on the, on the grass. Those are the toughest because you've, prepped and you've loaded so heavy to come across mm-hmm. that when that shot you know takes a, a weird bounce or it's not the normal pattern you almost have to try and shift your legs out of those heavy that heavy position to get your body behind it and i'm not saying this is what we saw with abby in this situation but very similar into like the shot kind of got deflected it kind of went through a few bodies so you're not necessarily sure the direct pattern uh, mm-hmm. of a slide of the ball so you almost have to kind of as best as you can get your body behind it but it's just yeah that delayed half second can, it can cause you trouble sometimes Totally. And that's where being balanced is super important. Like she, she had already taken that step, right. But she still had pretty good ground contact. She was able to get that next kind of quick step in before she had to really go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's, Um, and that's, sorry, I think, for example, I think that's one of those things like wall sits, like things that you can do in terms of functional training to really build the muscle memory in your legs. I think that stuff is huge squats, uh, just doing stuff where your legs feel comfortable being uncomfortable. So like the 90th minute, you have to come up with a save, like you're seeing, I don't know if it's the 90th minute, but in those situations, I'm sure that she has strong enough legs where that balance, you know, and, and it, it's why it's, you don't see it in preseason as often. You see it throughout the season because your legs become accustomed to those movements that stopping and starting. So I think if you can really reverse engineer the start of your season and say, look, I know I'm going to need this, 
going to the gym and start doing functional stuff, hamstring work, just balance stuff. And then I promise you it's going to benefit you throughout the season. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny that you said that. So I, I kind of want to play this play because you were just saying that about the wall sits and having that having that power with the le- with the legs right here. But I want to kind of play this play again. This is actually from the Portland game as well, too. Um, basically, what happens is there's a loss of possession kind of at the top of the 18, like around, you know, outside of the circle or whatever. And kind of Sinclair, I believe she gets the ball right here. Boom. And she recognizes she's got separation and she just takes a shot. And so I think what happens is Abby kind of recognizes that quickly and she goes from in possession to out of possession, quickly drops for a little bit of depth, takes a slight prep step again to gain momentum and then pushes off. And that's a great save, in my opinion. Boom, right there. Um, let's, uh, let's kind of play that again one more time so everyone can kind of see that here. Drop, push, and out. Um, and just steers it, steers it away from trouble. Um, Allie, any thoughts here? Yeah, I think that's that's a you know it's another great example of of kind of how good her her footwork is. She's she makes good decisions um, in possession out of possession. She's very good at um, at that simple kind of back set. Um, she does a really good job of keeping her balance. I think that's something that when you talk about you know training younger goalkeepers, that's something that you have to train is how to how to set backwards and how to teaching goalkeepers how to let their legs come out behind them and get set. So in this situation, she's able to do that, get that next extra step in. Um, and and get that ball around the bar. That's 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 not an easy save because you know going backwards and then exploding kind of laterally plus whatever forward momentum you need is um, is difficult. And I think you know it's a good example of kind of how good her footwork is in these situations. See see what I love about this this play right here. What about this scenario right here is that it's showcasing and and, and Ali, I love the fact that you just brought up about the negative the negative that like, sometimes you know and and I think we've talked about this before. Suski is like not every step is always. You know, it's again, it's not cookie cutter. Like if 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 you're if you're dropping and the ball's being about to strike and you have to set, well now now you're stepping now you're setting negative rather than setting positive just to get your balance again. Right, but you should always be moving with with balance. So you should always, even if you're moving negatively, your body weight still needs to be balanced enough so that if you have to make a, a forward movement, it's there. You're not you're not retreating with your heels. You're not retreating with your weight back. You're still in a forward position back moving backwards. So when she shifts, she can go, look how much power she gets in this. Look at where she mm-hmm. ends up. She ends up like yeah. like four yards outside the post after retreating, resetting, and and look where she is. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, she's she's like, like, she's like, like uh, a corner flag. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she just covered like a like a 14 yard goal, basically. Like, I mean, think about it. Like, oh my god, look how far out she is. Look at where she is. That's, right. after, the, that's after the dive. And that's how much power she got to go through the ball to make the save through the ball. Right. And that's, you know, and we see a lot of goalkeepers right now that don't get that power, don't get that balance underneath them, don't take their pre-stretch, don't get this, the footwork underneath them. So this becomes a goal yeah, yeah, because there's no power ball blows right through them. Um, but it Ooh, certainly doesn't. Hit. Yeah. And look at where she ends up. Look at the power in that dive. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think also ahead, too, there's something there's some there's, there's something to be said as well, and it's something she that should I, be watching. We're like, yay! <laughs> <laughs> and I got to share this with Abby. <laughs> yeah, we're like Team Abby today. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, something to be said too, and I, I've told our goalkeepers this is like there's 
as a passive goalkeeper and a present goalkeeper in games. In my opinion, the present goalkeeper is very, very aware of what's happening and like you're almost hedging your bet, like you're trying to read the positioning of the striker and potentially where they can strike this ball. For example, Sinclair here looks like she was, you know, angling to that direction. Of course, you can't leave the center of the goal, but at the same time, like she almost had her, her, her feet prepared to shift and go. So there's only there's only some there's only a reason why she was able to dive past the post is because you're present in that moment and you're seeing you're very, very active and seeing what's happening and the tendencies of the striker. The, the passive goalkeepers, in my opinion, are those goalkeepers who see a shot and react without any, you know, IQ involved, without really without really processing what the striker's tendencies are. So in this situation, it looks like, yeah, you dive past the post. But again, it shows you're being very, very proactive and you're very present in that very moment uh, to see the strikers doing it. But if you look even before uh, Sinclair, like, faces up, she's already dialed in. Like, if you can see it, because obviously, like, she had already started backing up, already focused on this could be a shot on goal. How do I get myself in the right position? It wasn't like, oh, here comes a shot from Sink. Like, it wasn't like that. Mm -hmm. You know, she was already Mm -hmm. dialed into it. Yeah. But so, so it's like that's one of those things as well where, I mean, you're not as privy to it at a younger age, but as you get older, you have the scouting reports where you know, like, this guy has, you know, this this uh, this girl has, has that sauce, you know, like, they're going to put their head down, they might look like they're going to play it wide, but they're going to strike from 25-30 out. So it's like, can we respect every player, not just the ones that we've done research on, that they're probably going to strike from anywhere, like you said, she's dialed in, but can we respect that with everybody so that we're always dialed in? And I think that's a challenge for some goalkeepers out there who like they dial in when the moment's asked of them versus one or two steps prior where they could have communicated a defender to step right. in that space or they could have done, you know, things like that. Yeah. Yep. You know, Ali, I have a question for you. Like, do you think that and, and I'm asking you, obviously, because you were involved in the youth game for, for such a long time as well, too. Do you feel that a lot of times we kind of coach these kind of instincts out of young goalkeepers because we're telling them how to step and when to step and all those sorts of things rather than learning how to be instinctual and react in that scenario? I think you can coach those those out of young goalkeepers for sure. Um, I presume that no one on this call does. Um, <laughs> but but it's definitely it's definitely something that um, I think younger kids are vulnerable to, especially now, you know, um, they get they have access to so much information. Um, that that it's very easy to for there to be a solution for everything, you know, online or on social media or whatever it is, rather than kind of exploring um, who you are and figuring things out and getting scored on and, and trying to figure out why and getting scored on again and, and then making the next change. And, uh, and so so I think that there there's a danger of that for sure. Um, but, you know, I, I would hope that with, with education and coaching education um, that especially recently, the conversation, I think, has, has shifted more to, to letting kids explore um, how they're able to make saves and, and making them make decisions and really be um, cognizant about why they're doing certain things instead of others. Yeah, and I think, and I think you know, Saskia brings this up all the time, is that it's all gray and, and every scenario is different and kids need to, need to recognize that and not try to mimic or replicate a scenario that just happened before thinking that the action is going to be just as successful this time around. Like they have to deal with every single situation differently, you know. I'm laughing because in practice, like the randomest goal got scored. And Lauren, I think it was Lauren was laughing. And I went like this. I was like, don't expect me to try to like mimic that in training. I was like, I don't know what to tell you right now. (laughs) I'm like, okay. You know, it just made me think of that. That's funny. (laughs) Um, Let's, uh, I want to play this last clip right here. Let's see if I can, um, 
I can find this one because I, and I, I was trying to find different scenarios. So let's see if I can find this one right here. I think this is, I think this is the one. Just make sure this is a no. This is not the. This is not the. This is. I don't think this is the one. Uh, no, that's a different one. Ali, no. question for you while Mike finds this. Um, how how often do you guys watch film? Is it normally like minus three or minus four out from the game where you kind of say, look, let's be a little bit more critical. Um, of them. Yes, yes, yes. Let's say training, but maybe I'm sure you you watch the, the film with the full set of goalkeepers, right? So Abby and you, it's not just a personal video. It's everybody watching together. So there's, I mean, there's kind of a cycle. Did you get the fight on there? There's, there's kind of a cycle. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, fight, fight. I didn't, I, I didn't get the whole recording of the fight. It just, that was just part of the highlight. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one. It was an exciting day. Um, so yeah, so we watch we watch film we watch training film more often because it has everyone in it, right? With um, with everybody, we we've we did it more in the beginning of the season when I was kind of sort of learning who they were, and that, that was part of the conversation of like you know here's what I see in this situation, like tell me what you what you see about this or what you think about this. Now, especially with the season where it is, we're kind of in this cycle where um, we're watching film of the other team going in, and then we sort of base training on that. Um, and then we have the game and then we're sort of watching, you know, film of, of the player that played um, and, and that kind of, you know, cir circulates around. So there's a little bit less training film uh, sort of at this stage um, of things. Um, but we do we do watch a lot. I mean, you know, if if I actually had an eight hour day, then then six of it would be would be cutting film and, and all that. Unfortunately, I have a much longer day and a lot more time <laughs> spent cutting film. Um, but yeah, yeah, it is. It's something. It's something that I I personally love. Um, it's a tool that I love. So we do spend a lot of time with it. Omar, I got a question for you because you're you are Mr. Film Film Man. Um, because because of the amount of bandwidth that you have, do you, do you have a lot of the, a lot of a lot of the film now cut by by the team rather than yourself doing it? No, no, I, I do okay. it all. No one knows how. No one knows how to watch goalkeeping film. Like, it's just like, oh, okay, the ball got played into uh, the 18 or, you know, to the final third. Okay, that's where it is. I'm like, no, I want to see the full image. Like, where were you? Were you communicating off the corner kick when we had 2v2 when they scored a counterattack? Were you communicating that? So, stuff like that. So I think a lot of people, I'm trying to learn how to watch field player film, but no one's ever asked me and said, hey, can you teach me how to watch, you know, goalkeeper stuff? So I'm, I'm hoping there's a day where that, that happens, but I'm not holding my breath. Well, well, considering even in the professional scouting uh, softwares, every single time they cut clips for you for goalkeepers, it's still based off a lot of times off the TV, you know, highlights, and they're not yeah. shot for the for the goalkeeper's perspective. So again, like I'm, we're trying to show, you know, where where Abby's dropping negative and stuff like that, but the camera's not focused on that, so it's hard for us. To, we have to wait for that little dot to show up on the, on the side of the screen and go, okay, this is the place where we pause, so we can find but, that. But but even that, too, I think that's where, I mean, for example, Alex, our, our goalkeeper now, I showed him footage we played against El Paso. And I said, even though these crosses that are being crossed in, they're not, you know, they're not putting them on frame. As they're crossing it, you're, you're being so lazy and in your recovery from the six back to your, you know, the crossing starting point that as they're crossing it, you're getting into your set position. I need you to, like, be proactive. Get to your spot early. So now your feet are in the ground. You, don't, you can go directly to the ball versus set and then you have to move that half second can kill you at this level so it's like you watch that film and we we as coaches we can see that kind of stuff and then in the game or like the footage that you see you know from usl or espn or whatever they don't show you that like they don't no one talks about it so i think that's the good part about like breaking down your own film yeah well 
Well, let's uh, let's. I want to play this clip right here. So basically, what happens here? Um, this is against Portland again. A lot of clips from Portland from this Portland match right here. Um, was uh, basically I think Crystal Dunn is like being swarmed like crazy here, and then uh, the ball kind of she, she somehow she gets this through ball out uh, to Simone Charlie uh, who comes in on a one v one. Abby recognized I think right here. I think she recognizes that she can't approach this ball right here, and instead she just shifts to get into a good position. Um, and she, again, this is kind of an example. She's got a little bit of that pulse, but it, but she's still still, and she holds her ground, um, then takes this slight step right there as that ball's about to be struck and makes a great reaction save right there. Let's, let's play this in real, real time so everyone mm -hmm. can kind of see how this is. Well, let's get away from the fight. So fight, play fight. it here. <laughs> Done to Charlie. Little step, boom, great save right there. Um, Al, you want to break this down? Yeah, I mean, um, I think that she does a, a, a. This is a tough decision, right? Because on some on some hand, you can be like, um, you know, should should we be in a staggered stance here? And if and if and if she was, which would I think would be the wrong thing, then then she'd be more inclined to come out when that really wasn't the right decision. So, um, and on the other end of that, like, should she take a step back, like, or does that open up too much of the goal? I think that there's. There's a, there's a sort of a lot of ways that that you can skin this, um, but when it comes down to it, she she prioritizes the right thing. She prioritizes being balanced in a set position when the ball is struck. Um, so does she have time to take a half step back here? Yes, but instead she chooses to take that half step to move with the ball and be balanced when it's struck um, and get a really good reaction out of it. I think this showcases a couple of things. You'll see right in this clip here, like she's super wide. She's I mean she's she's big in frame when she sets because she sets really wide uh, and that gives her you know a good starting point in situations like in situations like this and kind of what we were talking about before with that prep step where other keepers if they set that wide they can't get a prep step in because then they're moving their feet back under them in order mm -hmm. to move but but she's really like her feet are so quick um and she's so balanced in the in this position uh that she's still able not in necessarily in this clip but but in some of the others that we saw to get that additional step in there they are. And I, they, they, <laughs> they absolutely agree. And I noticed, and I, and I recognize well, how wide she, she go, go ahead. You know, and I, I love this and I love this. Yeah. But I think the, you know, a lot of people will look at this, oh, maybe she should have come or something like that. I think that's absolutely the wrong decision here because I think she was getting baited to come. And we've talked about that so many times that there's no way. Where are you going to come? You're going to, she's, that's what she wants. That's what the attacker yeah. wants. Come, mm -hmm. you know? So what do you do in this motion? Maybe even if she thought in her head, maybe I should have come. But I always say the next best thing is now what you're going to do is you're going to, you're going to get in proper position, proper balance, get, you know, make yourself big, close, you know, close the angles, let them see you and stand them up, force them to beat you here. And that's what she did. Um, and I would have, this is a great save. And this is just force them to beat you. Now, remember, we always talk about it. she's under pressure. The forwards under pressure, your defense is recovering. So, you know, she wants you to make as the goalkeeper to make this easy for her. Right. And instead you didn't. And Michelle Akers, I, Always bring it up. Brought up the same thing. You stand me up in this situation, and then I'm like, oh shit, what do I do now? Like I was hoping you came at me. I was hoping you did a case from ten yards away. My favorite dumb thing for people to do, <laughs> um, but she didn't. She stood her up. She has her balance, and even though for her, her stance is fine. The wide stance is fine because her feet are fast enough. For other goalkeepers, maybe not, but um, probably not. But for her, yes. So I thought she she handled this great. Like, Try to beat me. 
So yeah. she couldn't see And I, and I love, again, just right before the ball is struck, there's just this little step. And it's, it's not a hop. It's a little step kind of realigns. It develops a little bit of momentum and, and almost covers a little bit more of that gap as the ball is hit so yes. that she's got that bubble covered. Basically, even though she steers it right back into area, there's a player right there to recover that ball right there. And there's no players. There's no runners there. So, that, you know, she recognizes that she recognizes she hits that ball. She pushes it that way. There's nobody. There's no danger there. And I think it's also important. Another another point to this is, is when you are because what kind of she ends up doing is extending that front leg into what what it's almost like a like a. Um, Oh, holy word. Sorry, they're difficult today. Um, but almost a little bit of extension. And to do that, she has to push off her back leg. So what you're losing is like any like momentum that she would need to cover like all the way across the goal. But by by pushing off of her back leg, she's able to throw her front leg in a way that gets her hand, like to use her that to like get her hand up a little bit quicker here as well to create that extra leverage um, as she gets up, which is you another thing that I yeah, and like I say, like a lot of young keepers out there watching right now, what you know, what other bad decisions? Like, and I, I bring up the case a because I hate it because barely anybody uses it properly, and the ones that do, that's great. But you know, what are you going? Are you going to go down here? Are you going to get yourself into a position where now this ball that's what maybe chest height is going to beat you? But she doesn't, and because she is in a good balanced position, body still big, boom. The hand can stick out. It's in her bubble, and she makes the save. How many goalkeepers do we see assuming that that that's going to be a near post shot, or um, committing to going to the ground? Um, so I think it's it's great. Yeah, yeah. I love what you said about making Charlie make the decision here because you're right. As soon as that happens, like you just take back that little bit of control in the Absolutely. situation. Absolutely. Yeah. And 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 I, and I think you know just one kind of one last thing what you're you're talking about when you're talking about you know hey maybe some goalkeepers you know can't can't be that wide, but it works for her again, find what works for you. And you utilize your, whenever you're for young goalkeeper coaches out there, recognize what works for your goalkeeper and encourage them to keep moving in the way that's successful for them rather than trying to micromanage how they move, you know? And I think, I think that's really, really, really important because everyone's, everyone's built differently and everyone, everyone moves, yeah. everyone moves differently. Nope. Come yeah. hang out with my five goalkeepers. <laughs> <laughs> Did, I, did we, uh, I, I love you guys. <laughs> Omar, are you are you here? Did you want to add on to this? I don't know if, if you're here or or if uh, if, we, if we lost you because I just see an eye. You there? No, I'm here. Sorry, my, my back has been killing me. They made me play on the field today, and my my legs and my back. Wait, you coach at a professional team, right? You've been playing in goal. You've been playing on the field. Oof. Hey, you're we're, gonna get, we're, we're a- gonna get a call, and he's gonna start <laughs> in the next game. So. <laughs> we're playing eleven v eleven. So sorry, my my back has been bugging me, and these chairs are, are killing me. But no, I think again, this is what I would say too, from a coach's perspective. Like, coaches out there, be very weary of like speaking in absolutes and i think for example here i think younger omar would have said yeah you're too wide but again like we've all been saying it's whatever works for you in that moment and again like you said with with those film sessions i'm gonna watch it with you and if you understand why you are set the way that you are if you don't even know it and you're watching it like tell me what did you feel in that moment so again so i have peace of mind knowing that if they did score here and you were wide like at least i have confidence knowing that you know exactly why you put yourself in that position so I think that's what I would say from from that uh, perspective. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. She's she she knows that she's wide and she's and it's an intentional decision as opposed to oh I got caught wide got caught wide. No, it's an intentional decision. So as long and as a closer. goalkeeper can yeah go ahead. 
Yeah, but I mean, the closer you get, I mean, for me at least, I'm going to be wider just because I'm, you know, not wide enough for my legs. I can't, you know, uh, pick my leg up and, and direct a kick, you know, kick save, but wide enough because I'm going to need to get lower. It's just the, that's how that's how your body works. Like you, if you're and, super and narrow, you there's no I way you get down. And I would tell you that I wasn't a wide stance goalkeeper. At least I don't think I was. I mean, I had really fast feet, and I wasn't narrow, but I wasn't that wide. Um, uh, at least I don't think, but you know, I have to go back to the, I have to go back to the, I promise you, you watch yourself. I have to go back to the eight, eight, like, wait, what? I have to go back to the eight millimeters. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I got to get the little reel going. <laughs> Ali, Ali, I was, I was trying to, I was trying to find some clips. I was going to use you, use you as, as, as the successful actions for breakdowns today, but apparently they've been scrubbed from the internet. I don't know what happened to all the, all the Ali Lipshirt. They're next to Suskias, except they're way further down because it was never national team footage. It was just <laughs> WPS footage. It's exactly, yeah. Hey, and sometimes I am actually happy that we didn't have, like, you know, cell phone videos and everything back then. Because, again, you have to maintain the lore that it was awesome. And I did everything right all the time. Totally. Totally. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's that's hilarious. Um, and no, well, uh, nobody can say differently. <laughs> that's right. Uh, well, 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 guys, as as we start kind of kind of wrapping up, and uh, and Ali, I'm glad we were finally able to have you kind of back because I, I, I was it was weird when we when we had you on, we wanted to ask all these questions, and you're like, I don't, it's all like I have we haven't started training yet, so I don't know what to tell you. Like we started, we start next week, and we're like, okay, maybe we should have uh, maybe we should have waited uh, a little bit, but it was cool we were finally able to get a, a goalkeeping topic going here. Um. Quick question for you: What do you have any advice for any young goalkeepers that are getting caught moving, um, before uh right 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 you know kind of right when they're right right before they set because I think that that also makes it difficult for a lot of young goalkeepers to to get a proper you know prep step because they're they're still moving when they set and now now they're trying to readjust. Yeah, I think there's a couple different. Um, maybe maybe things that you can implement and and i don't know if this works for everyone and hope and i hope i'm speaking to this correctly um but i mean some, sometimes um having an exhale as you set and right before you catch is like you, is really is really helpful like you'll you'll see keepers that'll that'll set and like exhale into every catch that they make and sometimes like tying together um some of the physiological actions with you know with uh, an with the catch action um can be really helpful um for for me, I tend to tell younger keepers to think about keeping their chin still, um, because just generally that helps them keep the rest of their body still when they catch. And I th and I think that that would extend down to to their feet too. Um, as as if if you're thinking about keeping your chin still when you catch, then that sort of calms the rest of your body um, a little bit and, and potentially could help with with timing. Um, but really, it's just it's reps, right? It's 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 go in and, and figure out why you didn't make this, make this save. You were set too early. You were set too late. Um, okay. Let's, let's adjust and see if we can repeat, you know, repeat um, the, the service, which is where sometimes volleys, although not necessarily game like can be really helpful just with, mm -hmm. with kind of actions like that, with the repeatability of them um, can help you get things like set the timing of your set down or does, Hey, does this exhale work? Does me thinking about keeping my chin still work all of those different variables that you can you you then you know you have a you have a control and you can then kind of implement the different variables oh yeah i think I, I, that also identifying with your play when like you have to see when they're setting if they're still moving you're not setting when the ball struck <laughs> like if, you, if you're setting when the ball struck you're late uh, right and you've got to identify when that ball becomes in that striking zone that bubble for the for the attacker to when to set 
And so, and it's repetition. It is repetition, seeing different passes, seeing how, because, you know, a lot of times you'll see keepers that get caught too caught in that repetition and somebody hits the, across a ball coming across the outside of their foot and they're still moving. So you yeah. have to, you have to see that your goalkeeper is identifying when to set, when the ball is in that danger zone, when they could tow it, they could, they could outside the foot, they could do anything with it. Yeah. Uh, Omar, the uh, the speaker system that's going to start pulsating. Do you have anything? I any love final that. Words it's like a little bass, like doosh, doosh, doosh. No, I think again, I think also too in terms of absolutes, like you're not always going to have a chance to get set. So I think that's also something that you, as young goalkeepers, when you get super literal, literal with them, it's like, hey, I got to the I got to the angle, but then he crossed it. I'm like, well, if he was going to cross it before you got set, couldn't you have slowed your momentum down to at least account? Like I guess I was saying, account for something else, uh, the second, you know, the second uh, layer of that play. And I think uh, that's where, in my opinion, as a, as a coach, you need to allow that, that freedom to the players to um, allow their imaginations to run wild of like, hey, if you were a striker, what would you do in this situation? Okay, if that's what they would do, could you, is that set position in a, in a way where you could have accounted for all those different variables? I think that's where, in my opinion, you allow them that creative freedom. And then obviously there's boundaries that you have, you can't cross, you can't, you can't be, sprinting at the striker you can't be doing things that like you know get us in trouble however if you can explain to me why and it makes sense then i will be okay with it but if you explain to me why and it doesn't make sense then it's a good conversation if anything you know you know yeah i I know i know i just said we were just about to wrap up but ali that that actually makes me i gives me a question for you in regards to like if somebody gives you or saski as well too if somebody gives you an answer for why they did something unorthodox that was effective are you are you are you fine with that you know even if it goes against what you what you wanted or what the your intention was for the play i think if there's repeatability to success then sure okay i mean there's some things people do that are unorthodox and it works for them but it, it could dumb it down and say the way lauren throws the ball you know it works for her um you know technically i could go in and tell her to throw it a different way but the girl can one hop it past midfield with kind of an unorthodox throw and it's it's on point so i'm not changing anything but you know they're different like i i agree if there's continued success then you know yeah it's a, gr- yeah. It's a gray area there's some things yeah. though you got you're doing wrong you're doing wrong <laughs> <So>. <laughs> exactly <laughs> there's some things sorry <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, I don't I don't want anyone out there just to be just be thinking like that their next goalkeeper session is just an hour of just, you know, letting whatever goalkeepers do whatever do. they want whatever <laughs> you want to do. But Michael then said that it, I could do it as long as I had repeated success. <laughs> or as long as I had an answer on why I'm doing it. Yeah, exactly. so you just got a bunch of, you got a bunch of eight year olds telling you why they're diving on their stomach. So <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, well, Ali, th- thanks first off for taking all the time and obviously, you know, much continued success, you know, with, uh, with, with this first season with, uh, with Casey, any, any news on, uh, on the, on the name, any, any, any updates oh, on that? No, we're still waiting. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't heard a name or a logo or anything like that, but I feel like it's, I feel like it's all going to happen at once. So exciting things on the horizon. I like, I like the logo scheme. I, I don't, I don't mind keeping the right. logo scheme, the crest and all that. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, I like it. or the AL. We could do with the AL too. That could be the logo as well too. Just, <laughs> just, uh, just the initials, Hallie Lipshire. Sure, why not? Why not? Um, 
but no, uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's going to be a, a great, great name and, uh, and we're excited, obviously that, you know, you guys are obviously in, in the league and everything like that. Um, if people want to connect with you on social media or if they want to know more, um, are you doing any stuff with first line football right now? Yep. Yep. A little bit scaled down from, from what I was doing in Minnesota, but, um, just individual sort of small group sessions, all that stuff, still doing that here. Yeah. Great. So where's, where's the best place if people are interested in that in the KC area for them to connect with you? Uh, Facebook, Instagram, all of the things. Won't can I like put things somewhere? Is there something that's helpful, or can you like toss that? Up? It's all tags on your. Yeah, you could. You, know, you, yeah. you could go in in the comment section. You could put it. And I can just I can just post it right here on the video right now if you want, or I can put it in the show notes. Whatever yeah, you well, want. When you when you repost the show, you're gonna put it in, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Do that. Perfect. All right, cool. And obviously, guys, if uh, if you want to reach out to Suskia Weber and find out more about what the phenomenal uh, uh, match she's going to have against Pepperdine tomorrow uh, at Suskia underscore Weber on all social media platforms, Pro GK Academy underscore on all social media platforms. Well, not actually not all social media platforms, just on Instagram, that one. Other ones, it's Pro GK Academy for Omar Zini, uh, who just turned himself off mute because he was about to say something like, no, there's no... That, that's going to be someone different on Twitter. Ha um, hashtag, <laughs> go hashtag go grandma. Hashtag oh, go grandma. <laughs> Contact at insidethe18media.com if you have a guest suggestion or a topic suggestion or at goalkeeper podcast on all social media platforms. Shout out to, I forgot who it was who suggested the prep step, uh, but but thank you for that topic suggestion. Fantastic uh, one. I think it was a really, really good one. Um, and guys, if you want to reach out to me directly at Michael Magid on all social medias or michaelmagidcomedy.com, that is all the time on Inside the 18, and we are out. Later, guys. Yeah. Hey!